Welcome back, everybody, and a happy holidays to you, because this is the Players Club Podcast. Back with another episode. This time we're with episode number 78, which I did not change in the doc, which I'm just looking at now. So let me change that on the fly so I don't mess it up later. Um, Welcome to another episode here. Uh, We're going to have a pretty decent episode, I think. We're going to be going over all of the uh, exciting announcements and interesting winners of the Game Awards uh, that happened uh, late last week. I kind of wanted to delay the episode from last week so we could talk about the Game Awards. So this is us doing that now. So we got a lot to talk about. Trust me, if you guys saw our reaction stream to the Game Awards, you'll know there was a lot to talk about. Um, And speaking of our reaction stream, the other person on that stream with me is the same person who's on this podcast with me, Alan Mir. How's it going? So the site we're using or the the website we're using for the uh, when we get to the Game Awards keeps like auto refreshing. And it's just, I'm just freaking out every time it happens. I'm just like worried my my screen is going to just go blank. <laughs> I, I don't know why that is, but I'll tell you right now, it's a pretty cut and dry article. So you don't have to worry about like keeping your place in it, though. It is very long. Now I'm realizing this. It's pretty much just a live blog of everything that happened. So yeah, that'll be fun. We'll, we'll slide through that as we get there. But uh, that's something you won't have to worry about for at least another half hour we'll see how long it takes for us to talk about all these games (laughs) that we've been playing in the first segment but uh actually that's a pretty good segue uh we will start the show as we always start the show with whatever we've been playing for this week and i think this week is going to be kind of thematically on point we've both been playing a game from the same franchise and then something else that is completely different from each other as far as the games we're playing so how about this we'll do a little bit of a we'll do a little bit of a sandwich here we'll put all two similar games right next to each other and then we'll start with the games that are different from each other so um do you want to kick us off with this game or do you want me to go ahead and start with the game i was literally playing right before we hopped on um when we're talking about uh talk about true colors if you want i was i was gonna do true colors into my other game that isn't halo <laughs> uh yeah, I'll, I can I can talk about it. I'll I'll talk about wavelengths. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You were telling me wavelengths is really really good. Uh. So what's up with it? What makes it? Is it better than the original game? I don't know. I'll just let you talk about it first. <laughs> okay. So wavelengths is the uh, Stephanie Gingrich uh, focused DLC of uh, Left Strange Two Colors. Mm-hmm. Very much how, or it's it's the exclusive to the uh ultimate and deluxe editions of true colors which costs like twelve dollars yeah not a big fan of that they do have dlc that they sold where you can just buy the regular version and then get wavelengths separately right yeah that's what i ended up doing okay yeah might do that later and the the whole game it takes is set across one year takes place one location and Mm. takes place in the in the I'm trying hard to tiptoe around uh, spoilers. Yeah. So you're playing a stuff and you're basically like each, each of the four like parts of the uh, DLC is like a different part of the, like the, there's a different underlying theme of it. Mm -hmm. So for example, the first, uh, the first one is uh, Stephanie, like just like first starting at the, uh, i think kcrt oh yeah the radio station yeah 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 i've seen clips and, of that part and because it's it's i almost said don't not <laughs> if only no actually i well yeah 
I, I mean, if only respectfully, because uh, Deck Nine did a great job with this game, according oh, to everybody. Yeah. Uh, they added their Deck Nine added uh, their like. I saw this is both the best. Um, the the I I actually I told Graydon when he does the his uh, life his True Colors LP to start with this, like start with oh. with uh, wavelengths because it's a perfect bridge of not only uh, Life is Strange before the storm to uh true colors it's the best it's actually a much better way like if if they had included if this was part of the get like included from day one and you you first started playing as uh steph mm-hmm. and like the way it did you play you played uh i played every life is strange game except for the new one true colors and two you didn't play two uh, nah, I have not touched two. I've owned it for a long time, but I just haven't gotten around to it. Did you try Captain Spirit? Oh, I remember opening Captain Spirit, but I don't remember if I even pl- actually played it. Okay, so, but I know I know some stuff about it, like the little kid, the grand, the dad, and all that stuff. Like I know some stuff. Yeah, so there, it's sort of similar to Captain Spirit in terms of like mainly the way it ends. Like it, hmm. it, it, it ends with. Like it, it's it runs like before True Colors begins, right up to the part where she or where Steph is introduced. Huh. Okay. Because I, from what I heard about Captain Spirit, it ends in a way where it start. It picks up right where Life is Strange Two begins, but it's also like a tragic start in some way. And I don't really have too much context for it. Would you say it's similar to that, or am I off base? <laughs> um. Captain Spirit actually begins like that. That that starts or that where that where that ends and Love Strange Two begins. Is that actually episode two of Love Strange Two? Oh, okay. And with uh, wavelengths, like the first part, like during during the, during the beginning, Steph, uh, there's a little like there's a mechanic that gets brought like that's brought in from. Or what's I don't know if it's more of a gimmick or like Steph does uh like she has her D twenty with her in mm. in the book. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> Trying so, to give a call back to what before the storm. Yeah, and actually well actually they ask like right before you start uh wavelengths, did you they ask your decision on Life Strange season one. Wow. And okay. and uh yeah, I, you, if you remember, if you remember what I my, my what I chose. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. I, I'm without spoiling for people who haven't played. I'm a terrible person, apparently. According to I mean, my Moby, because I, I, I was like, I, I was like, I finished Life Strange one or I finished Life Strange, and I did blank. So I did this. Look. So this would happen. You're you're a monster, but an understandable monster. <laughs> yeah, and actually, that that decision makes wavelengths a much better. Apparently, like it, it made it more intriguing because Steph has uh, PTSD. Oh, huh. Because she was in Arcadia Bay when it happened. Huh. I I did not even know she wasn't a character in the first game, so I just figured you know she's 
a new thing. But yeah, she was around. <laughs> she should have been around during that. That makes sense. So, Holy hell. So was Mikey. He was he was there in Arcadia Bay during Life of Strange One. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because they were all there in the prequel, so there's no reason for them to just move. Yeah, and there are there are Easter there are Easter eggs with characters for, for certain characters from Before the Storm, hmm. like. But the the the, the I I uh, was watching uh, Player One versus the World, which is uh, Adnan's uh, his YouTube channel. Uh, okay. And I as like I. I finished. I finished uh, wavelengths. I, I was like, I want. I wonder what Adnan thought of it because, he's like, I, I, I bought Life Strange one, because he he mm-hmm. really he's really into that. He's really into the games. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. And well, he, he like the points he brought up were actually really good ones. Hmm. So for example, uh, the actresses or the actors who played Chloe and Rachel and before the storm have cameos but they're not even cameos they're they're like they're audio cameos oh like you just hear their voice but it's a different character or something no like or well it's them reprising their role but only for like for not even two minutes (laughs) is it kind of like like at the end of the latest star wars movie where it's like oh all these actors came back just to get in the booth so they could be heard in the background of one shot in their memories or something (laughs) it literally is like memories Oh well, <laughs> bingo bango, right on the nose. It's like, and like the main mechanic or the main thing you're doing is running uh, the booth and like run, running the radio station and the record store. Mm-hmm. And you have like a checklist of things you have to do to get like to proceed to the next segment, like next part. Okay, yeah, makes sense. There's a actually a real like the, uh, there's a song that. Uh, Steph works on throughout the entire, like throughout the entire uh, experience, like the entire story, and mm-hmm. like cause she she's like, um, like it's just like her original song that she wants to make into a, uh, like she wants to take it, like take it from a dream, like she, like she's something that inspired her in her dream, and have it be an actual thing. Oh, okay, it's interesting, dude. <laughs> Uh oh, here it comes. That song, that song made me feel. Oh, okay. It's one of those like heavy emotional gut punch type things, or it's just like a creeping like, oh, this is I'm feeling something. Like it creeps up on you. I just uh, posted in the. Oh, this song. Okay, I know what this is about. <laughs> well, that actually, screen cap is on the nose. Actually, mm-hmm. like each uh, for there are four parts of the song. And you get you can actually have it be different turn out in different ways. Like you can have it be via guitar or via synth. Oh. You could have it be um anthemic hmm. or you could ha- you could have it uh triumphant, like a triumphant breakdown or a dark breakdown. Oh wow. So you can like kind of edit the song as it's playing, huh? Well no, you make you make the decision and or yeah, and you you have the decision, you make it, and it'll carry over, and it'll carry over, and I'm not gonna say where where, where that that beat story beat goes because that that would be a spoiler. Okay, <laughs> I figured. <laughs> but I have I was I was literally just 
listening to the song on repeat because it's just very much my like the type of type of song I, I like I would love. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I was looking. I don't know. This song kind of reminds me because I I really do need to play Life is Strange. That is another one on my list of games to play before the end of the year. Because I saw this clip on Twitter where it was one of those like they got a bunch of clips from the game and like set it all to music and like basically it's one of these like fan cams basically for Steph. And I was like, oh man, some of these moments are hitting me and I haven't even played this game. I don't even know who Alex is. Like I know that's the main character, but I don't know who she is as a person but then i'll see her pop up in these clips and i get happy but then i remember steph because i have all these before the storm memories and i'm like oh steph i want everything for her so i don't know man i got i got i gotta really get on this now let me ask this question real quick um this song that she that she makes is this like a she's trying to blow up off the song is this something she puts on the radio or is this just like something she's doing for herself it's uh she's during uh the first part of the part one of four of the uh like each section she mm-hmm. mentions that she 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 has a uh, recording of her humming a uh like a like, like humming a, a tune yeah a tune that she wanted to like that she thought would turn out to be a good song and oh man it's very emotionally moving <laughs> well you can like i i uh I actually saw a comment on one of the one of them because actually I literally went to I went through about about six videos of different variations of the song. Oh, hot damn! I didn't realize. Yeah, so there's like like it span like it span it's the one under like one main running theme going on throughout the entire story beat. Mm-hmm. And the song "Point of Perspective," like Katie Bentz, who plays uh, Steph, just killed it with this performance wow damn i really gotta get on this then now let me ask this real quick uh wavelengths how long is it um just in general as a standalone like piece of dlc is it like two three hours or is it a little bit shorter than that it's about three hours oh shit okay wow i I was expecting to be like barely past an hour but this sounds like a lot more substantial but i'm still gonna check it out yeah there there's only um it's mainly like one one act play sort of thing, with or one like one person play. Hmm. Okay. So she really has to hold this whole thing up on her performance then. Yeah. Like people will call in via like into the radio, and like you have to do at you have to read ads. Um, during the there's actually a really good like really great um moment where during the pride section. Hmm. A uh, father calls and said that his son came out to him, and he said that he did he handled it wrong. Huh. So he asks Steph to uh, play a song by I think Haley Kyoko. Oh, Kyoko. Name sounds familiar. Or yeah, something like that. And it's you can have different interactions, like have different interactions, like you could choose to say an, a, a a good thing or a bad thing. Mm-hmm. So, like during the uh, the Halloween stuff, which is where, which is when, which is where the PTSD stuff comes in. Yeah, yeah. There's a caller who calls in saying that because another one the one of the other things like that's going that's going throughout up until the end of the uh, DLC mm-hmm. is that Steph her gimmick is or her thing is that she's psychic. Yo, really? They just add that in there? 
No, no, she's not really psychic. Oh, okay. Like people come to her like she is like a radio personality type of psychic. Yeah, like she. That's why I mentioned the D twenty. She'll mm. she uses that to uh, like roll initiative. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, and there's also a uh, Tinder esque uh, dating app. Yes, someone someone was tweeting about that. That sounded very interesting too. Yeah, you can. Um, you literally could swipe left, swipe right. Hmm. You can ghost people. Oh, okay. I can be an asshole in a game. <laughs> Actually, I uh, during the during the uh, like the Halloween stuff, someone called in saying, asking if he was like he's he basically made a non like a sexual assault thing, but sexual sexual harassment thing that he he wants to know if he's going to be in trouble with HR. Oh, Jesus. And like throughout the Halloween section, Steph is like, she's being, she's distant. She screws up many, like every ad she has to do. Like she's literally just guessing because like the paper is all torn up. Oh God. (laughs) You can't do an ad read blind. And I, the guy was like, there's like, there's an option. Like the options were, uh, don't, don't sweat it or be, it was basically just don't sweat it or be an asshole. Like have mm. Steph be an asshole to the guy. So I chose ha- have her be an asshole because I, I I just thought that's where the character, that's where she would be. Like she's like her, yeah. her emotions. Yeah. You figured that's where she would be in that emotional state. And she would say that, but <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I would always err on the side of oh, be nice if I can, unless they're being well, aggressively not nice. Well, each person, like they have a, they have a certain like name, like like a descriptive name. So like the person that I'm talking about was his, his that, that that the person's name was just literally nice guy. <laughs> Does he and finish Steph, last? <laughs> and uh, Seth was like, you care about you only care about how you uh, treat people. Like you care about that more than whether or not you're an actual good person and you're an asshole. And it, it was. <laughs> I was I was almost I was almost giddy. <laughs> wow, I like to hear that. Okay, so this is definitely one that I well, first off, I should play the full game, but then second off, you would definitely well, recommend. I, I I I highly recommend playing this before starting the game because it'll give you some some like context. It'll give you context on what's going on with Steph. Some like stuff about the characters. Hmm. Okay, so. I'm gonna look this up. All right, I'm probably gonna add this to because I know Life is Strange True Colors is on sale on PSN right now. I have no idea if the DLC is, so I'm about to look at look that up right now because this sounds interesting. Um, you're already adding more on my plate than I was expecting, but like, hey, man, if it's good, I mean, well, you, well, you still have to play Guardians. So wait a second. Well, yeah, I got to play Guardians first, but like, I don't know, man. I I was looking at it because I just started up uh, this game, another game that I'm going to talk about later. um, And that only takes about 20 hours to beat, which sounds like a lot, but I could do that in a week. Now, the question is, can I do that 20 hour game and Guardians, which is a 20 hour game and Life is Strange, which is another 20 ish hour game, which might be a little less than 20, but once I start compounding stuff, that's when I get scared. But I'm almost done with this next game I'm going to talk about, so maybe I'll have time for it. Uh, and I'm looking it up. It won't let me 
buy the DLC for some reason because I already own like a free costume pack for True Colors for some reason. Um, yeah, that's the downside. Like the Xbox Store and the PlayStation Store aren't really the are really really like they're they're still not where they should be with getting that stuff taken care of because like, mm. I, I i played it on pc oh uh, okay yeah oh wait okay they do have a separate listing here for the deluxe upgrade and so i can get wavelengths that way but i can't buy wavelengths just on its own by itself which is fine it's 13 bucks it's not that horrible let's see here all right so i guess that's settled um so yeah uh life is strange true colors wavelengths dlc definitely a good continuation or i guess Less continuation, more of an expansion of that story since it is a prequel. So I'll definitely check it out. And I'm a Steph fan, so I'll probably like it. <laughs> Let's see. Sorry, I got someone sent me an emergency text in the middle of this. And I'm like, all right, I'll respond because I don't want her calling me because she likes to call me yesterday. Okay, so let me say this real quick before I talk about this next game. So we recorded when yesterday. And right after I said, all right, I'm going to work on some videos right after I uh, watch a couple YouTube videos. Al, I fell asleep during whatever YouTube video I was watching. I woke up in my bed five hours later. <laughs> I slept through most of the day. Then I woke up and I woke up to a phone call from my friend who's texting me now. She had called me seven times before. <laughs> I'm just like, what in the Lord's name is happening for you to call me seven times? Turns out it wasn't that big of a deal. <laughs> it wasn't like anyone was dying. It was just she wanted to get some context so she could start a group chat for a thing I'm doing tomorrow night. But God, it was so much. And hey, so can I tell you mm -hmm. on something that I didn't tell you or Graydon before recording yesterday? Oh, try me. I had been up for about seven or eight hours by the time we started recording. Oh, my God. And like, I swear, I'm only, I'm waking up at like three, four or five a.m. now. Oh, no. And I'm like going to bed at like 10 or even later. Oh, my God. Well, let me tell you, you're going to be doing that for a little bit. But as soon as you once you cross a certain threshold, you just start going to bed super early to cancel it out. Like, that's what I've been doing where I would I there was one night where I stayed up the entire night and went into work at 5 a.m. and worked the entire shift. And by the end of that shift, I was dying. I came home, fell asleep at like 6 p.m., woke up at like 3 a.m. and then just continued the day. <laughs> So like you're you're gonna start falling asleep earlier and earlier until everything just kind of like resets. Like it's like how it goes to the end of the day and then it comes back around. It's gonna be like that. But uh, anyway, speaking of loops, there's one game that isn't about loops but involves a shape that is a loop, and that's Halo. Uh, <laughs> Halo Three, to be specific. Um, I know Halo Infinite just came out. I know everybody's playing that. I know everybody's super excited about it. I am effectively a Halo novice. Uh, I beat Halo 1 and Halo 2. Haven't played much more than that. I do want to play ODST. That's like the main one I'm interested in. But I wanted to get enough context so I can jump right into Halo Infinite. Uh, just so I can, you know, see what all the hubbub's about. Uh, so I talked to Twitter. Twitter was like, yo, you should at least play 1 through 3. So and because Yeah, I should at least finish the fight, yes. The fight and, don't um, never be finished. God, yeah, tell me about it. We're, what's five games? Well, actually, five mainline games, six mainline games now, and then two side games. So, well, seven, no, eight. ODST, God, is, ODST is more of a uh, bridge between two and three. Oh, okay. So that might not be too much of its own standalone thing in that case. But 
still it's a lot uh so and then, it, mm-hmm. then there's then there's Art, halo wars one and two then there's part the spartan oh, yeah. games oh yeah the, i played some of the spartan games like the top down shooters they weren't that oh. bad they weren't they were actually pretty decent um it's just weird that that's my first taste of halo <laughs> <laughs> but in any case, uh, so I've gone back to Halo 3. I was a good two missions in already when I picked it back up this time. But I've been playing through it. I've been making some decent progress, actually. And um, I'll tell you a little bit about it. So uh, what I said earlier, because I just tweet my opinions all the time. I don't really think about it at this point. But what I said earlier on Twitter is that playing Halo 3 in current day kind of feels like when i watched star wars for the first time in 2018 uh because i'm watching this many many years after it was you know the pinnacle of pop culture at the time and i can just feel whenever i'm playing what well first to start with the analogy whenever i was watching star wars it felt like a bunch of other movies i had seen so it felt kind of derivative or generic in a weird way but i knew that i only felt that way because i was watching the movie that inspired all these other movies that I had seen. So it wasn't on Star Wars for doing anything wrong. It's the fact that it set a template so strong and so recognizable that I could recognize it backwards as doing the same thing everyone else has been doing in modern times. And Halo 3 kind of feels like that. Um, As someone who's played a lot of first-person shooters of that generation, um, I'm Mr. Singularity, I'm Mr. Wolfenstein 2008, like all those crazy random games that no one cares about from the seventh generation. I played a lot of those, and a lot of them have things from Halo 3 in them. They have this weird sense of, um, I don't know how you want to call it, like this weirdly cinematic sense where the game kind of feels like you're just in a big-ass open map and just shooting things, which is fun, but it feels open in a way that doesn't make it feel tailored uh in a way where when you're playing something like uncharted you'll get to set pieces and such that feel like oh man this is a very specific set piece just to be cool where halo it feels like all right you're in a sandbox you know um which it it feels like you're in a toy box full of a bunch of different tools rather than it feeling like all right there everything's working towards me doing this one specific cool thing and that's totally fine i think a lot of people prefer that type of gameplay actually But for a shooter as grandiose as I understand Halo to be, for something that is such a big deal, um, with such big production quality and the cutscenes and everything, it feels a little bit jarring when I'm just running through a big open field with a bunch of, like, I don't know, ghosts driving around and tanks driving around. Uh, I'm just walking through these places or driving through these really big, wide open spaces, and there's really nothing populating the space that much you'll get little camps of enemies here and there but it's few and far between and then you'll get to your objective and it'll be a crazy ridiculous like production values are off the charts animations are looking really good like this is still a 360 game don't get me wrong but the polish on it is really strong in the cutscenes. and when you go back to the gameplay it feels like it kind of feels like i'm playing a remaster of a ps2 shooter which i don't mean in a completely bad way it just feels like Man, this is, it very much so feels like a shooter before Call of Duty took over and standardized what a shooter was supposed to be. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So, uh, like Return to Castle Wolfenstein? Actually, yeah. A little bit like uh, Return to Castle Wolfenstein. Don't ask why, why, I had, why I had that game ready. 
I mean, I it's actually a pretty decent description because uh, I haven't played much of Castle Wolfenstein, but I've seen so many videos of it that I kind of get the vibe of the type of game it is where it's a it's a more classic shooter. It is just like, uh, just run from here and here, shoot everything. Now, I'll say unlike Castle Wolfenstein, Halo does give you a lot more options. Like I said, it's more of a sandbox. So instead of it being like a little bit labyrinthian with this level design, it is much more. Here's this big open area. You have to go down this specific canyon eventually, but here's this big wide open space for you to just play around in the meantime. And it's good. I just don't feel I, I'm not necessarily seeing what made Pete because I know Halo 3 is like the game that kind of submitted it as submitted this franchise as a big deal forever. I know Halo 1 was a surprise and everyone liked it. Halo 2 was a little bit of a disappointment with the ending, but a lot of people liked it. It was very, very hype. Halo 3 feels like where it had the perfect balance of hype and delivering on that hype. Right now, I'm not necessarily seeing what made it such a big deal back in the day, but I feel like I'm only feeling that because I'm playing it after the fact. I've seen all of the tricks that Halo 3 does in other games. I think that's the only reason why I feel that way. But I am having fun. I do want to make sure that's clear. I'm enjoying myself quite a bit. Uh, the story is getting crazy. Um, I, I have my achievements up here. I'm trying to see where I'm at in the game. Uh, I have like, I've played through 66% of the game because they said, oh, you got this many of the, uh, this many of the thingies. Uh, what was the most recent thing that happened in the story? The most recent thing that happened in the story was the flood for a split second, they were on my side, and we walked down this, like, large, not hallway, but this oh, large, so like, bridge stuff, thing. The stuff with uh, Miranda Keys and uh, the Prophet of Truth? Yep, the Prophet of Truth, yeah. The Prophet of Truth is no longer a factor, I'll say. Um, and that just happened, and then we tried to fly out, and then me and the Arbiter fell off of the ship, and now we're trying to run back downstairs. And I stopped at some side thing and found a replacement Halo, which I'm not going to elaborate on. I Actually, it's Halo 3. You guys have played Halo 3, and if you're not going to play Halo 3, you're not going to play it at this point. But um, yeah, I found a replacement Halo, and then I started the next mission, and that's where I've paused the game. So I feel okay. like I'm pretty deep into it. I'm just going to say this because you're going to, I have a feeling that you may get, have trouble with it, or you may just get mad at it. Uh-oh. Okay. Have you seen anything about the the last mission, like the last mission of Halo 3? I have seen absolutely nothing. Is it similar to Halo 1, where you had to drive away from an explosion with a time limit? Yes, and it, unlike the Halo 1, where you were just, the worst thing that could happen was you could crash into something. Hmm, okay. You're, you're basically driving on tiles that are falling. Oh, God. And you have to make jumps. <laughs> And you have to hit us, hit, hit, you have to hit a jump at a certain point to like to get to get the ending, because huh. like if if you don't get it soon enough, you you'll you'll be deceived into thinking you're getting the ending, but no, you'll you'll just like miss it by a few few meters. Is this one of those things where if you fail the mission, you get the bad ending, and if you pass it, you get the good ending, and they don't really tell you instead of giving you a fail no, state, it's um, giving you a different ending. No, uh, you just have to start. You have to start over from where, like it's it's they're generous with like the respawn with the respawn. Hmm. Okay. That in that case, I I'm probably going to be good with it if they're generous with respawns. But like that sounds painful. <laughs> oh, I don't know was, if I'm ready for that. It was very, uh, very, um, very ang panic-inducing, anxiety-inducing. Oh no. 
Oh, no. Well, I got that to look forward to. Um, in all likelihood, probably after I'm done recording this podcast, I might just run through the rest of Halo 3 because I think I'm close to the end. I can probably beat it within like three or four hours. So, yeah, I, I think uh, I'm going to go back to it. There's one final heartbreak coming soon. Oh, no. Okay. I have a feeling I know what it is. I don't want to guess it because I don't want to spoil my own experience, but... There was already one way I thought the game was going to go, and then someone else got it, and now I think that person I feared is going to get it, which kind of sucks because I like that guy. Um, but we'll we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out soon enough. If I come back and I'm all emotionally devastated, you'll know why. But um, but yeah, Halo Three. It's a it's a decent game. It's fun. It's just totally I don't know. It's so familiar. It, it just feels so familiar, despite the fact that I've never played it. Um, and I'm playing it so I can go ahead and get some context and finally come around to uh, Halo Infinite. So perhaps I'll start Infinite this week. Honestly, probably not because there's a bunch of other shit that I want to play this week. Like, I think after this, I'm going to put in Guardians because I've I also started the other game I'm going to talk about in a moment here. But I think after I'm done with Halo 3, it's Guardians and then I'm going to beat Guardians or this next game before I move on to anything major. And then I might also juggle death loop in there somewhere and i might beat wavetail this week too okay i'm giving myself too much that's <laughs> that's all i got to say on halo 3 it is very fun uh, i i'm enjoying the weapons the one one big annoyance that i don't like about the gameplay that i'll just say real quick here i hate when you zoom in and when you get shot by an enemy whenever you take damage you oh, get just clicked auto, out yeah you it just auto zooms out yeah i hate that i hate that like i'm trying to shoot the guy who's shooting me don't zoom out <laughs> Like, come on now. Uh, and I'm sure they fixed that in other entries and four and other games. But actually, really I don't, I'm not sure. Or I think I, th I think they fixed it with Halo 5. And like with going forward. Five? Not even I'm, four? I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not mm. sure. I, I played I played three and five more than I played four, which is weird considering I have my my my, my thoughts about five. Yeah, I was about to say, you played a lot more 5 than 4, but I know 5 is the one that a lot of people don't like. Um, but yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll see. I got some more time to put into Halo 3. Maybe by the time, actually, by the time you hear me next, it'll be in the form of, uh, what was I going to say? In the Game of the Year stuff, by the time you hear this podcast next. But uh, I'll say this. This is one thing I'll tease, and I'll talk about it a little bit more towards the end of this episode. I will be talking about old video games in a live format sometime this week. I am planning on it. Um, will it happen? Probably will. It all depends. Um, I'll, but I'll, I'll elaborate on that later on. Um, but Al, I know you've also been playing a particular Halo title. Uh, tell me a little bit about your time with this one. Yeah, so I've been playing Halo, uh, Halo Spartan Ops. No, I'm kidding. I'm play I'm playing <laughs> I've been playing Halo Infinite. Hells yeah. Also, are just you enjoying it. Oh, yeah, uh, go ahead. Just a quick tip with uh, Guardians. Search every, like, go out of your way to search everywhere for for uh, different costumes. Hmm. For Halo 5 Guardians? No, no, uh, for Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, for Guardians. Okay, okay. Because, like, of the like, the first the first one you can miss easily is uh, Rocket's, like, film, the, the, for, like, the first Guardians film, his outfit from that. Hmm. Okay. Well, then I will have like, to get this like, open. I was uh, playing it on, like recently. Recently, I was like trying to 
get like I'm so far back on uh, Xbox. I'm at a point where I can get like the main like the get said uh, outfits for everyone. Yeah. So yeah. Hmm. Okay. I'll keep that in mind. I'll be the next thing I try. Stretch uh, that twenty yeah. hours out to forty. <laughs> well, yeah. There's a, there's a guide. Out there, oh, okay. So, yeah, you can just do that. Uh, yeah. So I love Halo Infinite. Excellent. I am glad to hear that. I know a lot of people are loving it too. Um, now, are you like an old school Halo person? Um, how, what's your like, I guess, experience with the franchise overall? So I first start. I first played Halo. Ironically, it was um, I think two thousand four, two thousand five. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I that. and I started with Halo two instead of one. Mm, okay, that is a little bit peculiar. <laughs> I, I I think it was it was mainly because a friend of, I, a friend of mine let me borrow Halo two because I didn't have taste back in two thousand four slash two thousand five because <laughs> I was only buying wrestling, baseball, Star Wars, or Bond games. <laughs> I mean, you're like every other kid at that point. Just all oh, the brands that I recognize. Yeah. Let's go. So. I remember playing Halo 1 in like 2006, 2007, like late 2006, early 2007. Huh. Okay. And I don't know why, but I was like, oh, this, the beginning of this is like Alien Resurrection. (laughs) Okay. Weird first thought. Yeah. So I was playing Halo. Like I, I played a bunch of Halo 1, beat that. Then I spent most of 2007 playing either actually mainly playing halo halo 2 multiplayer on 360 okay and i'll be honest when halo 3 came out i hopped into uh halo 2 multiplayer and was like anybody have a three yet <laughs> anybody want to follow me over <laughs> and yeah i remember uh on when when i asked when i asked you and graden where were where were you guys when um Oh, the Steve Jobs. Yeah, I remember exactly. I remember exactly where I was, or exactly where I was when I was when I like. I remember the exact day of Halo 3's release. Wow! <laughs> like, like I, I left school early, or I got picked up early, and I got the I think the heroic edition, which I still have up in my room. Hmm. Okay, that's respectful. So, yeah. Um. Like, and prior to that, I'd been. Playing games like I've been either playing, uh, for, not not Forza, uh, PGR three. Yeah, I was about PGR, to say or PGR four. Rip. Forza probably wasn't that popular yet, right? <laughs> um, I was playing. I was throughout September. I was playing PGR, Punisher, and literally any and every game demo that was released. Wait, pause. When you say Punisher, you mean the Volition Punisher or like Punisher yeah. No Mercy? <laughs> uh, Volition Punisher. Oh, okay. Well, I respect that a lot more because I played Punisher No Mercy. That game was kind of dog shit. <laughs> oh, there, there's a point where I want like my old gamer tag, Irish Apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was thinking of that. Like, I, I just, I came up with that because I was like, I want to do something like the Punisher, but Irish. <laughs> the Punisher. And I'm, Irish. I'm not saying, I'm not saying I was a Punisher fan when, before all the racists were. Yeah, <laughs> you're trying to reclaim them. Um, yeah, but I, I, I haven't played Halo Three since maybe twenty or two thousand ten. Oh wow, okay. 
So it's been about a decade, pretty much. Yeah, like I was yesterday. Yesterday after we recorded, uh, when and today prior to uh, recording, I was listening to. I had the uh, finish the fight trailer on mm-hmm. from E three O six. I'm vaguely familiar with that one. Yep. And like I was alternating between that and the actual song. Oh yeah, I forget there's a song. Yeah. Oh God. I'll say one thing I am understanding. Halo 3, sometimes when the music hits and you just get that like solemn piano as they're like flying over a field, it does feel epic. Like I'm the epic feeling I'm starting to understand. But like I've already said my other <laughs> not grievances, but just my other opinions on Halo 3. So yeah, I get you, man. That's a yeah. special feeling. So I'll I'm gonna try to I'll try to tiptoe around spoilers again with Halo Infinite. Mm-hmm. I mean, are you deep into the game? I'm like maybe. Ooh, give me just one second. You can. I've uh, I've done like I've done the open world stuff, like or what what what's around me. Uh, I'm I'm last I checked I was about ten to twelve percent done with the game, which is like not really much. Like I did I did the first I play I beat the I beat the first boss. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, this this is it giving you all the nostalgic feelings. Yeah, this and. Halo Halo Infinite compared to Halo 5 feel like two completely different games. (laughs) Yeah, that's why I keep hearing from people. It seems like uh, 343 has finally found proper footing with the franchise after two entries. Yeah, like not it feels like it feels like they feel like different games, both narratively, uh, gameplay wise, Hmm. even music wise. Wow. Interesting. See, like, yeah, go ahead. uh, They as I mentioned uh, yesterday, like I think, I think it was before we were started recording when, uh, with like since Joe Stadden is back with the Halo franchise. Yep, yep. Like he, or I think, I think he's either narrative director or creative director or something. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Brand ambassador type role. Yeah, and they basically undid, like they they changed the status the status quo of what they had done in four and five. Hmm. Kind of like retconning. Um. I'll think. I'll think. Uh, okay, <laughs> a way to think, talk around it. I can use an example of two films that are be- both bad, but okay, the, but the way they handle the way, like they're they're two two different films, but the way they're handled, of like they handle each other are different. Okay, that makes sense. Did you All right, go ahead? Did you, did you see the uh for the two GI Joe movies? Oh, I saw most of the first one, but not the second one. Okay, so the second the second one is it's not the it's not the best movie. I've heard the second one's actually better. Is that correct? Well, it has the rock in it, so yeah, it's better by default. <laughs> yeah, uh, they they kill off uh, Channing, Channing Tatum's character, which I still think is wild. Yeah, that they he, he was like this up and comer. No, he we we got the rock. He's better. Yeah, pretty much. This Channing they, guy's not going anywhere. But they basically take GI Joe as an organization and and like raise it to the ground, sort of. Oh, okay. Start it from square one type of thing. Yeah, and hmm. they do a similar thing. Like, if you check, if you, I I wouldn't recommend watching the the X Play Halo review. Hmm. Okay. Because they're they're very like if if you if you see them. Like there, or there's at least one screenshot that if you see it, it'll, it'll, it'll spoil things, but you'll have, 
it'll give you like a impetus to play the game. Hmm. Okay. I mean, I'm already planning on playing the game anyway, so you know, image or not, I'll probably still play it. But interesting, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Go ahead. Um, I'll just I was just gonna, just going to mention the way like the new additions. Now, have you played long enough to experience the open world stuff? Or because I know that it takes a while before the open world stuff reveals itself. So, have yeah. you just been in that stuff yet? Or yeah, I've been in the open. I've done the open, like a bunch of open world stuff. Uh, there's they have a, a like a they have a certain amount of like different activities you can do. Hmm. Okay, so they have high um high value target takedowns where you have to go take down a certain target and said target has some like a specific t- thing that they're good with. Mm-hmm. It makes and sense. After you beat, after you after you killed said target, like that, there are specific like there there are specific specific weapon you get to use mm-hmm. like you can like the the way um it's it's a bit like far cry oh oh in, in terms of like the base fast travel and like the uh kind of like structurally how it's set up yeah so okay, if you sense. there are forward operating bases that if you uh capture them okay yeah you can uh fast travel between the ones you've captured and you can you can there's also a currency sort of in the game like in this game called uh valor okay yeah yeah heard about this one so if you if you rescue a if you rescue uh prisoners or prisoner like uh pr- uh imprisoned uh humans yeah soldier members and such right yeah mm-hmm. like pr- prisoners of war yep you'll get you'll gain valor hmm. and there's and- like you can use it to call in uh, vehicles. You can use it to get weapons. Okay. I thought it was for upgrades and everything, so it sounds like it's just for like new well, weapons, new vehicles, like actual items rather than improvements. Well, it's it's a bit of both. Like you'll get cer- you'll certain weapons you can get. Like you'll get you can get unique versions of weapons. Hmm. Okay. You can get like like the there's a um like the the two high value target missions I did were, which it was a real, real difficult thing. First, okay. the first one was a um, an elite who okay. uh, had a a special uh, energy sword called the dual the duelist sword. Mm-hmm. Did it have like new attributes, like more damage or something like that? Yeah. Um, the second one, which I, I found hilarious because. The high value target was a grunt. <laughs> okay. And they had a like a modified um plasma pistol. <laughs> okay. Gotta love that. And like uh so I was watching P4, as you do. Of course. I was watching more specifically, I was watching Boosted. Hmm. Like the the Halo uh, Infinite special. Yep, yep. And they did an in memoriam for all the for everything that didn't make it from the previous Halo games into Halo Infinite. Ah, uh, okay. So things like the elephant, mm. which which it was in Halo Three. Yeah, I don't think I've come across the elephant yet, but yeah, it's basically like a a giant troop carrier that has a it it's it's more it's more known for the horn sound effect. 
Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, I definitely haven't come across that. I've only come across this, I think the scarabs are what they're called, like the enemy carriers where you shoot their legs and jump on. Yeah. Love those. Those are cool. Uh, the thing that really broke my heart when I, when I, when I uh, saw it, the, the, the signature shotgun from Halo 1 through uh, 4 didn't make it in to Halo Infinite. It, yeah, I think, that's the, I think the bullpup shotgun, something like that. Yeah, the bulldog. Bulldog, that's it, yeah. And, like, I, I like it, but it's not the same. Yeah. Plus that little, like, revolver-looking type shotgun thing, Um, that I didn't realize that was in Halo 3, because I played a little bit of that in Infinite's multiplayer. So I was really surprised when I picked up in Halo 3. I was like, oh, this thing's a shotgun instead of just a pistol now. Interesting. Oh, you mean the Magnum? Yeah, the Magnum. That, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, what that, I mean. Yeah, that, I still can't believe that that, that, that made a return, like, in in that style, like the Halo 1 style. Mm-hmm. Interesting how they did that. So, yeah. So, yeah, it sounds like Infinite is a, it's a funky good time. People are going to enjoy it. Um, this is one where, I mean, it sounds like you're deep into it. It sounds like you're probably going to beat it. Um, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not even close to beating it. Oh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> is it, do you think it's one of these, like, 20-hour experiences? Because from what I'm seeing from people... It looks like it can be a lot if you just chill out in the open world for a very long time. Um, are, is that the vibe you're getting from it? Do you think you're going to keep playing it to conclusion? <laughs> is it going to override a bunch of other games that you want to try out? Well, I'm in chapter uh, 12 of Guardians, so I need to... Then there's only 17 chapters, so I need to fi- fi- figure out a way to uh, finish that. Yeah, you and me both. <laughs> because I realized I made a horrible mistake. Oh no! How so? So I, I I saw something going around on Facebook, or I think it was Twitter, one of the two, and it was like it was a screenshot of a tr- something you could tell uh, a, a like a certain character, mm-hmm. and it was the screen the the post the, so, the social media post was like like a highlight of a, cer- a certain choice that says do not pick this whatsoever like at all, and I got confused with the other one, so I picked I picked the one I wasn't supposed to. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Well, I mean, are, is your save too late in the game now, where you can't go back? I mean, I technically, I have one at like I'm at I'm at a point where I could, like my, my like there's only three save files, hmm. so I could go back and uh, change things. But for once, I want to deal with my consequences. Oh, okay. Look at you playing it on realistic mode. <laughs> All right, then, well, we'll see what that one leads to. But, yeah, I guess uh, I guess it's going to be a week full of uh, Guardians and Halo. Or I guess Guardians just in two different universes, <laughs> technically. So, yeah. Oh, uh, can I mention my uh, the purchases stuff? Yes. I was just about to say, uh, I, you have another crazy purchase that you made, and I have a crazy purchase story as well. So, yeah, lay it on us. Okay, so, uh, hold on. I got to take a, take a drink. No problemo. Yeah, one of these stories might involve a scamming, but we're going to find out soon enough. <laughs> Just as uh, I'm going to let Al tell his story first, and then, you know, we'll see. After this story, we'll go to that story. Okay, so I'm going to start off with the one that ends with uh, tragedy. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, Lord. Let's get so, thrown on the thread. So I mentioned on a past ep- prior episode that I got scammed with uh, Pokemon, like basically the, po- the DS Pokemon games. Yep, you had a counterfeit cartridge. I remember that. Multiple counterfeit, counterfeit cartridges. 
Oh, Jesus. I forgot about that aspect. So Goodness. I've been on Facebook uh, Marketplace and eBay trying to find good deals. Feel that. I found a I found one that was at a good price. It was like under $100 or no, it was at like 75 or 76. Mm-hmm. So, so I put up my I put in a uh, a max bid or a a bid of eighty five. Okay. And someone I got out bid. Someone put in a, like an eighty seven dollar bid. So I put <sighs> in. So I put in a ninety dollar bid. Oh my god! Was this worth it? I guess we're about to find out. And then I, uh, because like I was I was in the lead for like an hour or two. Like the last, the, the it was it was going for like two and a half hours, or there was like two and a half two and a half hours left, and I was leading, you know, like the whole thing. I mm-hmm. put my phone down to let to let it charge. <laughs> I come back and uh, um, let me see. It was I got the I got my the email just said outbid. Yep, <sighs> too familiar with that. Uh, take a guess how much how how uh, how much I lost by. I want to say $1, but I'm betting it's worse than that. I'm betting it's like a couple cents. I'm saying one cent. No, you were, you were right with your guess. It was $1. Wow. $91. <laughs> Evil. I, oh, I, I hate that. I put in the Facebook chat, I put, I lost by $1. <sighs> one effing dollar. And then I put in the clip, the gift from SpongeBob, where he's screaming in the ra- or crying or screaming in the rain. <laughs> oh man i have been it's not that i've been outbid in that same way on ebay too much but as someone i sell a lot more stuff on ebay than i actually buy and it is always frustrating when because people love doing it when they come in just late enough to where no one else can bid even if they have a higher bid that's why whenever i am bidding for stuff on amazon i try and do the automatic raise my bid thing where i say all right i'm not paying more than 90 but then i because someone will bid for 70 and then i'll say all right i'm not paying more than 100 so i'm going to put down 71 and then automatically raise my bid and stop at 100 if anybody tries to bid over me that way it can just automate automatically put you over the ledge and in case somebody does some stuff like that but yeah in that case he was waiting he was waiting until it only had a couple seconds so you didn't have time to check well actually the thing about that Mm -hmm. there was maybe there was maybe a few minutes from recording the Based on the, the emails, like the email notifications I got, I had about five, five between five and ten minutes to uh, raise the bid. Oh, damn. <laughs> I mean, still, that's next to no time in the real grand scheme of things. But dang, that must suck. But I, I, if you check the chat, the Facebook chat, I'll, I, I say I put a, a link or a screen cap of my like my bid. I, I'm like, I really hope I get I, I pray I get a bid. <laughs> because I realized after that, I realized, oh wait, I'm in a retro games uh selling like sales group. Well, trade sale, trade sell buy group. Bingo, bingo. And I couldn't find any Pokemon. Oh yeah. well, or I couldn't find the ones I was looking for. <laughs> I did, however, uh, I I I bought. Remember that TMNT game I got? Uh oh yeah yeah I remember that one. Got the second game and the third game. Oh, okay. Shit. For $40. Ooh, okay. That's a really good deal. And I, I then, uh, I, I then was looking at another thing for X, X-Men Legends and thought before I buy, before I've done, I've done this way too much. 
Like I've bought games only to discover I've only I already already have them. Dude. I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna check my games folder, like my big ass, uh, like. Okay, let me ask this: you you keep buying things that you own digitally, right? No, no, I'm talking about uh, like like uh, I'm talking about um, like retro stuff. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's a little bit harder to keep track of. So, like, yeah, because like I certain PS3 games, like. Uh, yeah, there are certain games that I've own, that I own many copies of, uh, like Wanted, uh, Born the Born game on uh, PS3. Oh, the Born, uh, the Born Conspiracy. Why do I remember that? I saw a video about that game recently. <laughs> Goodness gracious! Weird that you have all these random licensed and mediocre games from that G- from that generation. Very interesting. Don't know what to make of it. Tbh. Uh oh, I was trying to pick up. There? I, was, I was trying to pick up said folder, but the thing is oh. too damn big, or too, <laughs> too damn heavy. Oh, so you keep all your for your older games? You keep those all in a big folder with like just the disc, rather than like the displaying cases or something somewhere. Yeah, like I, I, I don't have a lot of room in, in here. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm, I, I, I literally went. You know, for certain games, I'll keep the, I'll keep the cases, but uh, but for certain games, like um. WWE games, those gotta go. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. <laughs> so, like, I was originally gonna buy X Men Legends one and two because mm-hmm. I may want to do videos on them. Mm-hmm. But then I realized I, I think I own one of them. I might own, uh, and I like I just checked, and it like the price for X Men Legends uh, one and two were like five fifty each. Found Ooh. it on eBay. Found it on eBay for four forty nine for the first X Men Legends game. Goodness, that's quite a lot. <laughs> I then went on to buy, uh, because I'm still in that. I'm still also in the panic of the 3DS eShop closing. Oh, so you're trying to buy up any 3DS games you can think of that you might want? Yeah, so I went. So I went and bought uh, Poochie and Yoshi's Woolly World for 3DS. Oh wow! Okay, another obscure one. And because I I saw something about it on uh, Twitter, like that. Mm-hmm. The Nintendo Switch is going to be getting one of the greatest trilogies of all time. Which one? Um, they didn't say. It just, and someone made a joke. Someone joked about something. I thought I just realized I got to buy. I need. I should buy a bunch of Prime while I'm at it. Yeah, definitely. If you don't have that in a place, like I technically have it on my Wii U, but I don't have a. I don't have a um, storage device for it. Yeah. I do not know how I I'm still uncertain that uh, Nintendo's even going to put out that trilogy on switch people saying it's going to happen, but like, man, they make so many poor decisions. Who says they're going to make a good one? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I ended up buying uh Metroid prime for about tw- not even 30, not even $30. Oh, okay. Well, geez, that's actually a very good deal. So you made a lot of good purchasing decisions this the last couple of days, I guess. Yeah, I still need to buy uh, Metroid Prime 2. I mean, that'll come soon enough. You know, you're able to get all the other ones, right? Yeah, that's the only that's the only downside of the retro games market right now. Like, I, I shared a uh, shared a, a screen cap I saw on eBay of the Pokemon trading card game, like hmm. the game the Jeep the Game Boy Color uh, version, like a sealed uh, copy of it. Oh wow! Damn, that's actually pretty rare. Uh, guess how much it cost. Hmm. I'm gonna guess fifty, but it might be more than that because it's sealed. Damn near close to eight grand. Oh my god! 
literally nowhere in the th- in the ballpark I was thinking. Oh my goodness. Could never could never like, be me. I'm just I'm just like why why are these why are these assholes here doing this to video games? Yeah, just man, like we don't uh, have their kind here. <laughs> yeah, like uh completionist and uh golden boy, we're talking about it on a G4 stream. Like with comics that like having they're talking about having games graded, like sealed oh, no. graded copies. And like the whole point of like with comics, you can just buy like a one to read, one to display, and one to put away. Mm-hmm. With video games, really do that. Yeah, you know, video games. You you're, the whole point is to take it out of the box. Yeah, and play it. And buying two copies of a game is ludicrous. You're spending what 120 on one game, one to hold, one to display, or one to play, and then one to display, and then one to put away if you want to do that. That's 180 bucks right there at launch. That's just ridiculous. Unless you're one of these people who's like, oh, man, Battleborn's five bucks. Let me buy four copies. <laughs> or unless uh, you're a uh, Walmart. Uh, no, that's not Walmart. Uh, uh, Wall Street, bro. Yeah. <laughs> that's also a possibility. Um, hey, hey, I ruined the country. Might as well ruin video games. <laughs> hey, I guess so. Well, I'll I'll say my uh, to follow that one up. Speaking of people who are jerks, um, I'll follow this up with the story that I have. So uh, this is going to be a real quick story because I want to get to the last game I've been playing. But long story short, on eBay, I've been selling a bunch of games. Uh, I was kind of down on money recently and I saw it's the holiday season. So I'm going to spend money on other people a lot. So I said, let me get rid of some of these games that I have either duplicate copies of or like I own digitally, stuff like that. So I sold a big batch of them. One of those games was uh, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, uh, the PS5 version specifically. I was able to sell that for, you know, a decent amount, like 30 bucks or something. And so I sell it. The guy, you know, sends the money and everything. And then right before I'm about to, like, print off the label, sends me a message. And it's like, hey, how's it going? Um, so I'm trying to. So I'm looking in the back end on my on my side for eBay. My address is incorrect in there. Everything's right except for the city. It says this state where it's supposed to be this state. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, see if you can fix that through eBay's back end. Once you fix it, I'll go back and print the label finally, and then we'll be good. And he's like, okay, uh, give me just a couple days. I'm like, all right, well, just let me know by Wednesday because that's when it says I need to ship it. And he said, cool. I say, cool, we're good. Come like two. So it's like two or three days later. Tuesday, he hits me up with another thing. Hey, so eBay isn't really giving me an option to change this. So I'm just going to send you the correct address. Copy and paste this onto it, please. And so I get that address. I go through my settings on my side, see where I can actually change the shipping label, add the new uh, state and add the new state over his old state. And then I print it out as fine and everything works. And I don't really think about it. I send him the thing. I put the label on it, ship it out. Don't really think about it. Until last night, where I'm on TikTok, <laughs> and there's this guy who's like, hey, there's this new PayPal scam going, where when people sell stuff using PayPal, they 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 buy it, and then they talk to the seller and say, hey, um, can you ship that to this address, not that address? And then the seller's like, okay, I'll do that. All right, here you go. Have a good one. And then before it gets shipped out to their house, they call the post office and say, hey, so this item that's supposed to be sent to this address is actually supposed to be going to this other address. And then they send it to 
their real address, but the seller only knows that they sent it to a fake address. And then later on, they'll call PayPal and be like, hey, so that item, it never got sent to my house when they did actually get it sent because they called the post office as a right in the middle there. And so they basically scam it out and say, hey, PayPal, my item never got here. And on PayPal side, it looks like the item got sent to the fake address when really it was able to get intercepted at the post office to go to the real address. So then the guy has the item and gets all his money back and it gets taken away from the seller. So I saw that and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I was really scared because this man literally just went through this. Um, so now I'm a little bit concerned. Um, I looked at the I looked at the uh, the shipping for that item and it got sent to the address that I entered. So ideally he has it. He left me a good review on there. So I'm thinking things are fine, but I do not want to call in a couple days of, hey, uh, this item has an issue. You have to solve this because something similar happened where uh, I sent off an Xbox to some guy and he was like, hey, this yeah, doesn't work. You, you mentioned that. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I did mention that story, and I, that was that wasn't thirty bucks. That was like a good two fifty or three hundred. So I do not want to be screwed out of money, and I'm trying to sell this Series S as well. So like, I'm trying to make sure everything's on the up and up because I do not want anything happening that leaves me broker than I already am. <laughs> so that's a little bit of a heart attack moment, but got some Microsoft rewards points out of it. But then I kept with it because there's something, and that game is Scarlet Nexus. Um, I don't know if we've even mentioned this game on the podcast as of yet, but yeah, basically, if you haven't heard of it, it's a light JRPG um, with a lot of combat mechanics. It's basically like the telekinesis melee combat game um, where you get to pick up items, throw them at people. The character I'm playing as, she's a girl with uh, telepathic knives. So she just has like a volley of five knives that she just spins around herself and just throws at enemies. Um, it's actually very fun, very cool. Uh, it, it's it's kind of like a Platinum Games light, where it's a lot stiffer than a Platinum Games game, but they do have the slow motion dodge if you hit it right there in the right window. Um, they do have some very stylish combat maneuvers where you can, you know, tear down enemies, kind of like the stagger meter in God of War, where if you raise this meter high enough, they go into a staggered state. You can break down a character's defenses, and once they're defenseless, you can kind of hit a button and trigger like the super flashy super move to kill them. Um, so cool stuff like that. Uh, you get to play off of people in your party. So you get to choose different members of your party. Some have like electrical abilities so you can stagger enemies with electricity. Some have invisibility so you can get behind them while they're doing attacks and do a really big uh, sneak attack on them from behind. Um, other other characters. What was the other one? One has duplication abilities, so she can like multiply herself, but she can also multiply other objects. So when you're throwing a random box or a steel beam or something at an enemy, if you if you trigger the duplication, uh, if you if you trigger duplication right as you're throwing that item, it'll count as two throws instead of one. So it's a good way to get some more stagger damage on them. And um, yeah, I'm enjoying the combat. I can see that it's gonna get a lot deeper as we go in. The game does feel kind of stiff in that. Whenever you get hit by an enemy, because in something like Bayonetta, when you get hit by an enemy, you lose some health and it like goes into slow motion when you get hit for a second and then you fall on the ground for like at max, I don't know, 1.5 seconds and then you're back into the game. You just get right back up and you're moving fluidly. In this game, if you get hit, it takes a decent chunk of your health 
And then also you are on the ground for 10 seconds. <laughs> it is, it, it's, it's kind of trying to do like the Dark Souls thing where when you get hit, it feels like a big deal. But the combat is so fast paced otherwise that it feels out of place. Um, so I don't love that aspect. Story wise, it's very much so giving me like, like if Persona was in the military instead of a high school, it's giving me that type of vibe. <laughs> where there there's social links there's all these different characters that you're getting to know that uh you know there's love interests here there's all all the all that type of stuff that you know from a lot of japanese anime type stories where it's taking place in a high school and canonically all these kids are teenagers too because apparently all these superpowers that all these characters have they dull as you get older so they have to take like age limiting drugs to keep them 16 forever <laughs> it's very very weird it's um it, are, there, are it, there any waifus i'm i hesitate to say if there's any waifus because i'm foggy on the age of each character because like i said some of them are 16 forever and then others they also have because you're part of the osf and then in the osf you'll either get picked from an early age because they see you're talented and then they recruit you by force or you can volunteer as an adult so some of these people are adults but it's not super obvious <laughs> who's an adult and who's not. So I would say there's probably some waifus in there. I think there's one character who is a adult who, you know, volunteered. So yeah, I could say she's a waifu, but like, I don't know. The rest of these kids <laughs> are just there. Um, but I do like, I do like these characters. Um, the main character I'm playing as, you can start the game as the male character or the female character. Um, I'm playing as female and she's very stoic. She's very protective of her older sister. But the dynamic feels like she's more of the it, it feels like the character I'm playing is the older sister rather than her protecting her older sister, um, where the the older sister in this game, she feels like she feels a little bit like naive and trusting more than my character is. So my character, despite being the younger sister, is way more stoic, way more protective, way more like does not open up to people. It's a very interesting dynamic. Um, and then also she, I can tell my character is starting to like warm up to others where she got saved by a guy in one cutscene, And now she's like blushing a little bit because she's like, oh, do I like this guy now? Um, I can see something's happening here. But uh, this game, like I said, uh, I was teasing with earlier. It's like 20 hours of story. I got a lot more to see. There's probably going to be a lot more plot development. And when I talked about playing this game on Twitter, a lot of people were like, oh, that's a really good story. I hope you enjoy it. So. Perhaps I'm going to be digging in a lot more, but for right now, the combat is stiff, but through the skill trees and everything, because there's a lot of skill trees, there's a lot of equipment that you can equip, um, a lot of perks, uh, kind of like a chip system, kind of like near Automata, where you can just have like, oh, I hold on to this bonus and I get extra health or I get extra damage or something like that. Um, there's It's very systems heavy. There's a lot going on in the game, but I can tell from the skill tree um, literally I had to use skills in the skill tree to unlock a double jump, to unlock the ability to dash in the air, um, basic movements like that. So once I fill out the skill tree, I'm pretty sure things will feel a lot more fluid. Um, and once I keep playing, I'm pretty sure the story is going to hook me a lot more because right now some of these characters seem a little bit annoying, but I can see myself coming around on a lot of them. And the ones that I do like are just enjoyable to watch. So I'll play a little bit more Scarlet Nexus. I don't think I'm going to commit to beating it by the end of the year because I rather commit to beating Guardians, to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm enjoying Scarlet Nexus, but this is just one that I wanted to try out and now I'm just sticking with it because I'm having fun. 
but yeah, Scarlet Nexus, it's a uh, it's a decent time. I'll say that much. <laughs> so yeah, have you had any interest or even cared about Scarlet Nexus at all, or is this just like uh, Emmett's over there in Weebland? <laughs> uh, not really. Honestly, it was the the one game. It's the only thing I know about it is that every time I would look prior to uh, the PS5 and series series S and X going uh, up on Amazon, I would occasionally just check PS PlayStation Five. Or Xbox Series X, and now would be Scarlet Nexus would be the only next gen game there. <laughs> it had a monopoly. People probably knew it. They're trying to get that Godfall effect. <laughs> like Godfall, if you know us as the first uh, first next gen game, then maybe you'll play us. But Scarlet Nexus is not going to have the problems that Godfall had <laughs> or has. Yeah. The only other thing I know about uh, Scarlet Nexus, Scarlet Nexus, is that uh, the US got the uh, bad box art what is the so japanese box art i'm guessing is better i'm about to look that up yeah let's see any box art let's see if bing shows it to me i know they're not always the best for hyper specific inquiries um oh yeah the japanese box art is cool <laughs> that that could be a wallpaper the japanese box art yeah where the american box art just looks like kill zone or some shit <laughs> Ah, uh, well, there you go. Gotta love our marketing uh, stereotypes here. Um, but in any case, yeah, I'm having fun with it. I'm going to play some more of it because the combat is pretty, uh, it's very flashy. It's pretty satisfying. Uh, so I'll play some more of it. Lord only knows if it'll come up in Game of the Year conversations. Oh, <laughs> but oh, if I'm putting so much time into it. It's going to. Is it already in there? It's in there for, I think, it's in there for Game of the Year and another award game of the year okay i don't know about all that but i will say i like i like a lot of this game i like the style of it too the art style of this game is very striking and very stylish in a lot of ways that that's another reason why it reminds me of persona because it has a very striking style even if it is a different style than the jazz kind of funky aesthetic of persona 5 so yeah i'm gonna keep playing with it so yeah i guess you'll hear me talk about it what in like two or three weeks (laughs) come january so Look out for that. Um, so yeah, Scarlet Nexus is pretty much wrapped up there. And from there, we'll go ahead and talk about the uh, topic of the show here today. And that is the Game Awards 2021. We're going to go ahead and go through uh, maybe not every single winner here, but we're going to talk about a lot of the winners, uh, at least the ones that we want to talk about. And uh, a lot of these reveals, which not every single reveal here we're losing our mind over, but We'll go ahead and just uh, slide through here. So, Al, here's how I think I'm going to do this. I'm going to go ahead and um, let me see. Okay, so the article that we're using here is from Tom's Guide. To- Ooh, Tom's Guide, uh, and it's by Marshall Honoruf. Honoruf. Hopefully I'm saying that right. I apologize if I'm not. Um, and they basically put down the entire awards in order of everything that happened here. Uh, including lead up to the awards. Like there's a bunch of stuff here before the show even started. Uh, So that's a little bit frustrating. Um, So yeah, let's go ahead and talk about some of this stuff. Uh, Where is it? So the first thing that happened here today, um, they finally showed a date for, okay, yeah, this thing's auto-refreshing while I'm on the page. (laughs) 
which is very weird. Um, they showed a date for Tunic, the little Zelda-like adventure game about the little fox. Um, I've talked about it on the podcast. I played the demo for Tunic. I am dog shit at Tunic. I am not good at that game. But other people might like it. Um, but it's coming out on March 16th, the full title, which I feel like is long overdue. So, you know, good for Tunic. Shout out to them. Um, any thoughts about Tunic or you want to move on to the next uh, the next thing here? Uh, yeah. Um, when we were doing when we were doing that uh, this, during the stream, I I saw it. OK, <laughs> like it's it's not really my kind of game. Yeah. Yeah, I'm right there with you. It's 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 not my type of game either. This would definitely be in that category on the Game of the Year awards if it came out this year. But respect to everybody who is excited about it. I know a lot of people are. So, you know, now you got until March 16th to get ready for it. So very exciting. Uh, the first award given out that night was for Games for Impact. That went to Life is Strange True Colors, which was very exciting. But also, I feel like Games for Impact had a lot of... Uh, a lot of indie nominees that I wanted to see get something, and this was their only chance. So to see it go into the the Square Enix published long running franchise, it's a little like eh, but also it probably deserves it. And I know you're a big Life is Strange True Colors fan, so you think this one's just deserved? Yeah, but I'm I'm glad it didn't win game it didn't win Game of the Year because there was I I have I just have a major gripe with the with like the there's a there's a story development that feels it doesn't feel earned or it doesn't feel organic to the story. It feels like mm. it, it was, it was there and, and then it was gone. Well, no, um, it makes certain, it made, it, it made me think, it, made, it just made me question a lot of things and not, mm. not in the best, not in a good way. Ah, it felt like an inconsistency. Yeah. Like, like betrayed other parts of the game. Yeah. It, it betrayed, um, it betrayed the, like why, a certain character is there, not not the main character, another uh, character. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Well, yeah. I mean, it wasn't nominated for Game of the Year, so steer you steered clear of that bullet pretty effectively. But yeah, games for impact. I mean, I suppose it's fine, especially considering you know. I know there's a lot of like queer love lines in this game, and you know that's good representation to see. So shout out to that at the very least. Um. And so from here, uh, we go on to. Just a side note, this isn't an award or anything, but uh, apparently they did a Game of the Year poll through Reddit's r slash gaming uh, community, and Resident Evil Village won that. Don't know why. <laughs> no hate on Resident Evil Village, but like, I don't think of that as a Game of the Year type title, and I played through all of it, but if, if I stopped playing that game like before the last two hours, I'd probably think it's Game of the Year. <laughs> it, it kind of falls off of a cliff. 30%. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, I, I still enjoyed that part, but man, it kind of like, it became a different type of game towards the end there. So uh, we'll probably talk about that during Game of the Year conversations. So look forward to that. Um, the next the next announcement here, King of Fighters 15 uh, has a release date for February 17th coming out on PlayStation platforms and PC. I feel so bad for this game because it's about to get fucking looked over. <laughs> Because February is the month of Horizon, Elden Ring, and uh, what's the other one coming out? Saints Row. No, no, Saints Row got pushed back to uh, August, I believe. So there's another game coming out February. Actually, I think it's something that's gonna get announced throughout here. So we'll talk about that later. Um, this next announcement, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it's getting made into a video game by Sumo Digital. 
I was not excited about this. <laughs> um, only because I feel like I feel like ever since Dead by Daylight, every single horror franchise out there, they do the thing where Dead by Daylight hits them up and they're like, hey, can we have a skin from your movie franchise or whatever into the game? They say, okay, but only for a limited time. The license expires in like a year or two. And then once that license expires, they realize, hey, we made a lot of money with this collaboration. What if we just made our own game? And so they get some like mid-tier double A studio like Asumo Digital and they make their own. We got the Evil Dead game coming out in a couple months. We got uh, Friday the 13th came out a long time ago. And now we have Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which how many Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies are there? <laughs> I'm going to look that up real quick. Well, to be fair about <coughs> Friday the 13th. That mm -hmm. game, that game, or that license, or that IP is just tangled in like a a gravity well. Yeah, I because they can't even add more DLC to that game because of the rights being all yeah. messy. Yeah, it's just deplorable. Yeah, so you know, RIP to that whole franchise in general. But um, there are ten Texas Chainsaw movies. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> okay, so there, there are like three of these movies that are just straight up named the texas chainsaw massacre i don't love that one so this 1974 one and then the 2003 remake or reboot or whatever and then there's one just called texas chainsaw from 2013 like bro what <laughs> calm down <laughs> there's no reason so of course there's a lot of lore to work through with the texas chainsaw movies oh wait texas chainsaw is actually texas chainsaw 3d so good for them i guess so there's a large bit of lore there's probably a lot of skins and costumes they could put in i'm sure trey songs will be one of the characters <laughs> that's the only thing i know about this franchise is that trey songs was in the 3d one um and got murked um but yeah very interesting that texas chainsaw is where they're going with it i'm just not excited about it i'm sure it'll be decent but yeah whatever um the next one here we were really trying to guess real hard about what this reveal was going to be um but it ended up being Homeworld 3 coming Q4 2022. So sometime at the end of the year on PC only courtesy of Gearbox. Um, actually, let me ask, because I didn't ask about Texas Chainsaw either. Do you have any type of interest or hype for either Homeworld or Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Okay, so I think the night like af after or no, it was, it was either the next day that I ended up going on the Epic Game Store and wishlisting, adding it to my wishlist. Oh, Homeworld three. Yeah, only because I know they're gonna. There's, I, I just know it, know it. I, I like I have a feeling in my bones. There's gonna be, uh, there are gonna be some great mods for that game. Hmm. Like, okay, yeah. There, there's like there are Star Wars mods for Homeworld. Uh, like the the re re remaster redo one. Like what? Mm -hmm. There's there's there are Stargate ones, Star Trek ones. Hmm. So there's and, gonna be some good sci-fi fiction in that game. Yeah, and. As a Stargate fan, I'll just take anything I can get, even if, <laughs> even if even if it's a mod. Yeah, I feel you there. All right, well, that's probably a good idea. But when you said you added it to your uh, to your wish list, I, I thought for a second something about this game screams Game Pass PC. I don't know uh, why. I hope not. I mean, I maybe not because it is. It's not an indie game. It's not like some game that has no recognition. It's a long running franchise coming back finally, but. I don't know. Xbox is really pushing for strategy games on Game Pass PC because they know that's what PC players want. Homeworld could be one of them, but uh, I would wait a couple months. You'll probably you will probably know before the game comes out. I'll say that much. 
Um, then they announced a whole bunch of esports winners. I don't care about any of these. I'm just mad that Simp didn't win best esports athlete because man, that would have been funny. Simp wins. I don't know. That just would have been great. Um, but we have the first really big, exciting, surprising announcement of the night. Uh, Telltale Games is back, and it looks like their first game uh, isn't going to be <laughs> uh, The Wolf Among Us uh, 2. It's actually going to be based off of The Expanse, the TV series from Amazon. Uh, and the game will focus on Kamina Drummer. Uh, do you Now, let me ask this, because you were excited about this. Are you, well, first off, isn't this Deck 9 and Telltale combining? It is uh, Telltale, I think, publishing, Deck 9 making the game. Okay, yes. So, number one, that just seems like a match in heaven where we talked about Deck 9, they make these Telltale-like games, and here they are working with the company. Now, do you actually, are you like a big fan of The Expanse, or was this just exciting to see Telltale back? Well, I started, I started watching The Expanse when it first started, when it was first airing on Sci-Fi Channel. I then decided decided I should buy the books because I like sci-fi, like mm. I like I like science fiction. Reasonable investment. And I haven't I haven't read them. Like I I have there's my gaming backlog, there's my television backlog, there's my backlog backlog. <laughs> there are my there's my there's just your book backlog now. <laughs> oh yeah. no. Yeah, that's that's going to be a daunting task. But hey, you probably sometime next year, they didn't give us a date, but probably sometime next year, you could probably look forward to being able to experience that universe interactively instead of sitting there and having to use your imagination. So I'll be the, fun. And yeah, um, it's a it's I actually read up more on the game. It's going to be a prequel to the uh, to, to the main story. Oh, OK. So this might be a good entry point for a lot of people then. Yeah. And actually. Uh, Anudis uh, shared something with me on uh, Twitter. Hmm. Okay. So there's the Telltale is giving going to be giving an update soon on Wolf Among Us too. Oh, thank God! I'm sure people are like asking a lot of questions now that they've seen Telltale pop up in a different game. Yeah, they're issue three forty two of Game Informer. It's going to be there's that there's going to be stuff about that in that issue. Ooh. Okay. Interesting. So that's pretty imminent. Then in a couple of weeks, we'll probably find that out. Yeah, awesome. I, it, I'm just, oh. I, mm -hmm. it just feels weird that Telltale is back because, because <laughs> it was such a big deal when they fell apart so catastrophically. Yeah, like I, like we, everyone had heard, people have heard, like obviously the No Clip documentary. Mm -hmm. Great documentary. I should probably put that in the description. Actually, now that we're talking about it, like with all the everything about crunch and executive decisions yeah all the above like how it was mainly one once like walking dead hit they got they they got stuck in a let's capitalize on this and make every game just like when we when we were talking about um the episode about activision where we mentioned you mentioned bobby kodak wanted to make like the mm -hmm. assembly line of video games yep that was sort of oh that's right that's why i imagine that the idea was with Telltale. Yeah. I mean, once Walking Dead hit, they said, all right, every game has to be this formula. Whether or not they were trying to just crank it out to just capitalize on the popularity, that's a different story. But they definitely have interviews have expressed, all right, Walking Dead blew up. Every game has to be has to play like Walking Dead. Every game has to have that same structure. And it kind of worked in some cases and it didn't work in others because the 
they'd never sold another game that sold as well as walking dead previous next seasons didn't sell as well the only thing that got close was like minecraft story mode and that was still pretty much in the shadow of walking dead yeah and uh the uh, like batman the batman stuff that was them like they were starting to like turn like like turn a corner and go and actually get get back to what telltale was mm-hmm. yeah that's true they were trying to really you know be original again be themselves again and not just copy their one success so yeah hopefully uh we'll see what happens with that company in the future hopefully the expanse turns out great which it probably will it's more deck nine's work than telltale's work anyway but i'm hoping for your sake you get an update on the wolf among us too by the end of the year at the very least and we got what three more weeks in the year so you know i think i think you'll be okay <laughs> i think you'll find out something soon so yeah fingers crossed on that again um, and from there, we'll go on to uh, just a quick update on Babylon's Fall. Uh, we found out that we'll be able to play that game March 3rd of next year, uh, which is just missing that really big packed window with, you know, Sifu and everything in uh, February. But uh, hey, people are going to play Babylon's Fall finally. I'm still salty that it's a games of service title because it looks so cool. And then they said, oh, it's a co-op game. So I don't really care about it anymore. <laughs> um, so let's see what else they got here. Chivalry 2 is going to be having a free weekend coming up here. Or actually, I think it was this past weekend. So cancel that. Um, and uh, they have a new expansion coming in early 2022 called House of Aberfell. Um, so, you know, good for you, Chivalry 2 people. Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak is getting a big expansion that is coming out this coming summer of 2022. Uh, and then in this next one, I was super excited about uh, Thirsty Suitors is a new game from Outer Loop, uh, and it's a story-driven adventure game where cooking might play a big role. And there's, it's kind of like a gender swap Scott Pilgrim is what the write-up here says. But looking at it, it's a little bit more involved in that. There's some skateboard mechanics. There's some wall running mechanics. There's some turn-based combat. It's very bright, very visually arresting. A lot of like, um, a lot of like south asian culture all up in this game as well uh a lot of exes it seems like you're battling like evil exes but it's, they're not all dudes and they're not all women either it's very interesting how they mix it all up so i'm fucking with this game i like the vibe of it um from everything i hear it sounds like it's a little bit of tony hawk meets costume quest <laughs> so i i'm interested to see what's up with this game so I don't know. What what do you think about this one? I I remember we both perked up a little bit at this one. Yeah, I I hadn't heard anything about it. Like this it was my first uh experiencing the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they they didn't this is the first time they announced the game, but they did show like gameplay snippets of what they were working on back during the Annapurna showcase. So, this now we have context as to what that was. Yeah, I'm now excited for this game after yeah. after the, after what they showed. Yeah, I'm I'm also right there with you. I'm very excited. Hopefully it comes out next year, but I get the vibe that it's a little bit more expansive than what what was the last one? Falcon Age, I believe is the last game they made. I, I feel like this one's a little there's a lot more moving parts in this game. So wouldn't be surprised if it's a early 2023 or something like that. But hopefully it comes out next year because it looks cool and I'd like to play it. Um next we got another trailer for Evil West, which is kind of an how I was saying it, it looks like a third-person Doom, uh, but with Van Helsing energy rather than, like, demonic energy. Um, 
yeah, it's it's also from uh God, what's the name of that developer? They make the Shadow Warrior games. I'm about to Google search this so I can find out. Flying Wild Hog. Flying Wild Hog. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, I love Flying Wild Hog. Everyone knows I'm a big fan of uh of the Shadow Warrior reboot. Uh yeah, yeah. and the sequel. There was, a, there was a moment where you thought that they, Evil West was uh, oh yeah <laughs> true i think they showed like the monsters or something i was like oh my god a shadow warrior no, uh I, th- I think it was when like when they did the pan up and you see the guy going for the guns ah okay yeah that is probably what it was yeah yeah super- i'm still excited for evil west i think that game's gonna be pretty cool uh and it is coming out next year but uh we'll see if it holds a candle to shadow warrior i was really hoping it was shadow warrior 3 specifically because that got delayed out of 2021 and we still don't know when it's coming next year. I was hoping they would give us a date here, but eh, not quite. So I'll wait a little bit longer. Um, the next one here, Have a Nice Death, is a side-scrolling action game with a darkly comic art style. Um, and it'll be in early access starting next year. But it gives really heavy shank vibes with this art style and just the way of its combat and the numbers popping off of people when you hit them. It looks like it's a really fluid combat game. And I'm not, this isn't like the top of my list, but it does look very, very cool. And I am interested in it that much. I can say, um, you have any thoughts on, on that one? Have a nice death. Uh, no, not really. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it is what it is. You, you see the trailer and it's definitely one of those types of games and I think I would enjoy it, but eh, we'll, we'll wait and see for, uh, you know, next year when it comes out. Uh, the next game here was, uh, award for horizon or Forza Horizon 5. I was about to say Horizon Zero Dawn. Lord have mercy. Uh, it won Best Audio Design, which I actually thought was a little bit shocking. I thought Resident Evil was going to have this in the bag or maybe something like Returnal because people won't shut up about the dual sense features and, oh, you can feel the rain in your hands. Um, so I thought that was going to tie into audio design somehow, but nah, Forza Horizon 5 won. Don't really have too much to say about that. Good for Forza. They win stuff. People like that game. Um next next up here a game i'm actually very interested in uh it's called planet of lana an off-earth odyssey and the trailer for this one gave very heavy uh star wars vibes specifically it made me think of that one scene from either the force awakens or one of these more recent star wars movies where she jumps over the the tie fighter on the on the desert know what i'm talking about where ray jumps over like the ship yeah, uh, that was that was Rise of Skywalker. Okay, uh, yeah, that's the worst one. Yeah, the worst one. Yeah, but that shot was pretty cool before we knew the context of it. Um, but yeah, that that shot from Rise of Skywalker definitely gave me vibes uh, similar to those vibes in this trailer. Uh, and the music is going to be done by Tish- Ooh, Lord Have Mercy. I'm going to say his name wrong. Takeshi Fukuawa. Oh my fucking god, Fukuawa. I know I said that wrong and I apologize, but um, I want to say he's the guy who did music for The Last Guardian and it, some of it, the it, team it games. Yes. Yes. OK. Yeah, because I he mm-hmm. mentioned they mentioned that or or he mentioned uh, working on The Last Guardian and stuff like that. OK, so that makes sense. Yeah, because I've seen that name written down a couple times, but like having to say it out loud, I'm like, oh, no, deer in the headlights. Um, but yeah, uh, so shout out to that one. That one looks really cool and I, I'll be interested see what else he does uh with this game also shout out because i looked up his name on imdb he did music for 007 legends so i own that game on playstation 3 should i probably not but i do so 
you know, fun fact. Um, I, I own Bloodstone on PS3. <laughs> We're all making bad decisions here. Um, so, yeah, speaking of bad decisions, actually, this isn't a bad decision. Let me not roast them too much. Uh, they announced they stopped the stream. They said no one's going to see this coming. And that was supposed to be a little cheeky reference to Persona. I'm sure everyone got up out their seats and said, oh, my God, is this finally going to be the switch port of of any Persona game, any mainline Persona game? No, it's not. You're getting Persona 4 Arena Ultimax. <laughs> You're getting the fighting game that released on PlayStation 3 generation a long ass time ago. Um, I own this through PlayStation Plus. So like <laughs> it's it's it's. This one's an older title. No one's going to be excited for this one unless you're a big Massive Persona fan. And if you're a Massive Persona fan, you probably already played this on the PlayStation 3. So, but hey, if you care, it's coming March 17th to Nintendo Switch, PS4, and Steam. So, good for you, I guess. (laughs) It it would have been disappointing if I was a Persona fan, but eh, you know what it is. Uh, Then they open the show proper with a performance by Sting. Who doesn't love Sting? I don't really care about Sting. I'm sorry. <laughs> Are you like a massive Sting fan? As I said on the stream, I'm mainly a I'm mainly a fan of his work with the police. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think I said the same thing on the stream as I'm about to say right now. You know, I don't really care about the police. So. <laughs> and, then, and then I made a reference to uh, to a possible Guitar Hero remaster. Oh, yeah. Oh, that like, would be really like cool. what if he sang Message in a Bottle and it just the, it just cut to a trailer like a no that 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 would never happen. Yeah. Oh, that would be that would be too smart and also you got to ask Epic Games now for that to happen. <laughs> Cuz Harmonix is bought off. <laughs> God, that really sucks, man. We didn't talk about it on the show prior, but yeah, Harmonix, they got bought out by Epic. So now they're making musical performances in Fortnite, so yeah. or not necessarily performances, musical experiences, but and that's besides the point. I get sad when I think about it. Um, one thing I don't get sad about are indie games. And the best independent game, uh, as presented by Juan Carlos Esposito, you know, star of Far Cry 6, uh, that game that won was Kennebridge of Spirits. And it also won the best debut indie game. Um, I have salt on my shoulder or dirt on my shoulder, whatever you want to call it. I don't like this. I don't like that this won uh, best indie debut game. Um, and I, I'm a little salty about it winning best independent game as well. Mainly my beef with it is, wait a second. I'm realizing I never changed the title. So this is not episode 78. This is episode 79. And I lied at the beginning of this show because <laughs> I was looking at my game awards sheet from the last episode. And I realized this says 78 as well. What the fuck's going on? Yeah, I'm just a big old idiot. So, uh, we're going to slide off of that. Um, so yeah, best indie game. I'm a little salty that uh, that this game won, only because I feel like it is so trying to be a AAA title. It's trying to be a Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. It's really trying to go for that type of highly polished, you know, familiar type combat. It's it's trying to cosplay as a full as a full scale game instead of leaning into what makes independent games unique and trying to do something you know special for the medium. Um, I just, I just wish it was, if you're going to give it to an indie game, celebrate the spirit of an indie game rather than just giving it to a, giving it to a game that is only indie because it's made by a small team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not very happy about that. And plus for debut indie game, um, I want to say, as I scroll through, uh, my list here, trying to find that category debut 
Um, yeah. Uh, the Forgotten City was nominated and it beat The Forgotten City. And I'm mad about that. <laughs> <laughs> the Forgotten City deserves some type of recognition, some type of win here. Uh, it didn't get nominated for all these other categories I probably would have put it up for. So this is the one. And it got fucking snubbed. I knew Kenna was going to win this one, but eh, not happy about it. Yeah. Any opinions on uh, Kenna Bridge of Spirits on that one? Um, it's in my backlog. Yeah. It's probably staying in my backlog. I guarantee you I will not play that before the end of the year. <laughs> but hey, when it's on PlayStation Plus in six months, yeah, I'll probably give it a shot. <laughs> All right. And from there, we go on to, speaking of games that look really pretty, uh, Hellblade 2 Senua's Saga had an extended demo here. Uh, a demo that looked so good that I didn't really believe it was actual gameplay like they claimed until I saw a cut. <laughs> like you could tell when they went from a cutscene to actual gameplay in the footage. And I was like, oh my God. It was That's... almost seamless. Yeah, it was it was almost seamless. It's less that the transition was seamless because I could still tell. It's more that once I saw that that cut there, I was like, oh my God. This is actually gameplay. Like they are legitimately playing this because it didn't look like a real video game. <laughs> it's uh, it's very impressive what they're doing over there. Uh, I'm excited for Hellblade 2. I need to go ahead and finish the original. So I know that no one has to call me about it. No one has to tweet at me. I will beat it at some point because it is pretty short. But I I, I want to see what this new game does because I feel like that original game, you could tell it. It feels like an indie game in the same way that Canada Bridge of Spirits feels like an indie game where. It is super highly polished, but it is pretty simple as far as the gameplay mechanics go. Um, I want to see if they improve or less improve and more just like add more complexity, add more variety to the gameplay of Senua, uh, Senua Saga. So we'll see how that goes. I'm very excited for that one. Um, any opinions on uh, uh, on Hellblade 2 here? I, I try, I've tried multiple times to play through Hellblade 1. But is it just too much? It's too much because of my mental status. Yeah, yeah, I figured that was a, a factor of some sort. Hmm. It, do you think you do you think you're gonna skip the two, or do you think it's well? Actually, not two still has a lot of the whispering and everything going on, so it might still be in that category of non fuckwittable. Yeah, also that I still can't believe that dude got eaten by the Attack on Titan character. Oh yeah, like straight up, <laughs> dude just got chomped. That was kind of traumatic seeming. <laughs> At least for uh, Senua in that trailer, it looked like that really fucked her up. But like just seeing that, I'm like, God, that's gruesome. Um, so yeah, we'll see what uh, when Hellblade comes out. There's still no release date, but all signs are pointing to next year. But we'll see because they got Starfield coming out. They got a lot of other things. Redfall is coming out too. Good God, they got a lot of falls coming out. And hopefully they don't all get pushed to the fall. Um, so yeah, time will tell on that one. Uh, this next one. Piss me the fuck off. This is Star Wars Eclipse, brought to you by Quantic Dream. <laughs> oh, man, this one disappointed me so much, dude. Um, I, I'm going to put up uh, our reactions to this uh, on YouTube at some point. But yeah, this entire trailer, it looked really interesting. It looked really intriguing. It looked really pretty as far as the art was concerned. And then they have the audacity to put up a Quantic Dream logo right at the end of all of that. Like, oh my God, that just sucked the air out of my out of my stomach. I don't know. Um, how'd you feel about this? Because I know you had a strong uh, uh, opinion of this after the fact too. Well, hash if you go on Twitter, uh, there's a current thing going. Um, hashtag blackout Star Wars Eclipse. Oh really? What is this for? 
it is basically the backlash about what what you predicted about oh, about Quantic Dream making it. Yeah, uh, people on Twitter, like many people, posting like mm-hmm. like someone uh, like because the the whole thing is basically what I went over on on uh, when yesterday. Yeah, about people like boycotting this game because of the Quantic Dream involvement. Yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, hmm. there's. I'm looking through this hashtag now. Yeah, it's a lot of. <laughs> yeah, it's a like, lot I, of people here. God, this is this is a mess. So people are now like out here boycotting this game because of the involvement of Quantic Dream, which is to be expected, and I accept it. But like, I didn't expect it to be so quick. I totally yeah. thought with, with the property like Star Wars, I thought you, you, okay, you think they've done their research? Well, or, or a or, mm-hmm. or their um their vetting. Yes, like here's the thing. I'm sure because I know John Drake is over there at uh at Disney running all this stuff. He's the person who's letting these developers handle their IPs. I know he's in the know enough to know that Quantic Dream is bad news. But for whatever reason, I think I don't know if I don't know if this is I don't want to put it on his shoulders that it's his fault that this is happening. But I feel like there's probably some type of incentive for them to get different types of Star Wars games. I have a feeling that all right, we have a we have a Dark Souls like Star Wars game. We have first person shooter Star Wars game. We have the mobile wait for your cooldown Star Wars game in Hunters. Like they're covering there's, all different types of niches. Yeah, the flight sim one. Yeah, they got the flight sim one too. Like there's, they're doing all these. Yeah, go ahead. And the thing, the thing that really makes me angrier, um, there's now a, there's like speculation that Count Dooku, like a young Count Dooku, might be in the game. Oh no, because <laughs> like that the way like the period uh, like because there's a there's a there's a, a like the shot of the two jet of two Jedi going to meet the army that's charging, or that yeah, one of them has like a lightsaber the exact same type as Count Dooku. Oh no, I guarantee you that's a tease. I I feel like he's probably going to be in the game at this point. Um, and here's the thing: like when you look just solely at the types of games that Quantic Dream makes. There is something exciting about the concept of a Quantic Dream type game, but Star Wars, just that type of production value and that type of that method of storytelling, that sounds interesting. I'll give it to you. It does sound interesting. But I've already been turned off, A, because it's Quantic Dream, and we've already talked about the horrible stuff going on at that workplace. We mentioned it a little bit on Win uh, yesterday, even. Uh, just all the harassment, all of the unfair treatment just all that stuff is just a mess and then david cage being the perpetrator of a lot of that stuff and having such a direct impact on these stories is a problem and i i said earlier because when this was originally a rumor you know a couple months ago i said all right maybe i can get behind this if quantic dream has different writers writing this game if it's not david cage and the same people who wrote those other three games you know heavy rain uh beyond and detroit then maybe i can get behind this and sure enough, it's David Cage writing this game. <laughs> so, like, I'm not on this. And then they have, there is probably going to be a good three or four years until this game comes out because they're having trouble hiring people. You can imagine why they're having trouble hiring people because no one wants to work at an openly toxic and very stubborn about their toxicity company. Um, so, yeah, it's, this is just a shit show all around. Um, I'm not happy about it. The game, what they're doing seems cool. But I just can't get behind it, not just because Quantic Dream is full of a bunch of piece of shit people uh, at the top, but 
the writing in this game is not going to be great. <laughs> it's just going to be the prequels all over again. And I just don't want that. So I hope this doesn't, the game doesn't end with a certain Star Wars character committing suicide over a grave. Oh, no. <laughs> don't speak it into existence. <laughs> I'm sure they're thinking about it. I'm sure they're like, what shocking thing can we get away with? Or yeah. what, what, what past shocking thing can we reuse? Yeah. Oh, God. Huh. I'm going to try not to think about that. I'm going to look on to bigger and brighter things. So uh, so after that segment, we had a couple commercials. We had a we had Bethesda having basically a recruitment commercial saying, hey, you guys should work at Bethesda things and I then flashing codes for games. Yeah, you're you're freaked out. I'd like I, I can't I can't redeem all this. Like, it's just it's... <laughs> yeah, literally in like four seconds, they'll just flash 50 codes on the screen. And I'm like, there's no way there's no way I can get any of these codes. And they're different sizes and lengths. Like some of these are clearly like. Like that has to be a, a, a GOG code, then that's a Steam code, then that's an Xbox code, and that's a PS5 code. Like, come on. Just all these just jumble together. You don't know what anything is. That is just annoying. And it's a video. You can't sit there and screen cap a video and then keep trying to watch it. It's like, it's too annoying. You can't copy and paste off of a video. It's so frustrating. But it's really cool of them to do that. And I have Game Pass anyway, so I probably own a lot of these games. So it doesn't really matter that much. Um, and so from there... Uh, Lost Ark, which is a game from Amazon Games, is coming in February, so that one's about to get looked over as well. Um, then we had what was probably one of my most exciting moments of this uh, of this entire broadcast. We're getting a Wonder Woman game, courtesy of Monolith Studios, creators of Gotham City Imposters, <laughs> which is a joke I made on the stream, but it's so nice I had to say it twice. I am super excited about that game. They've confirmed... Oh, excuse me. Sorry, I was mid-yawn when I was saying all that. They confirmed that it's going to be a third-person action-adventure game, so it's going to be similar to uh, the Shadow of Mordor games. I'm very excited about this. Are you also on the hype train with me when it comes to Wonder Woman? Of course. I mentioned in the Facebook chat, because Graydon doesn't care for it at all. Damn. He should... He should really... If they base it off of the first Wonder Woman movie, like the first Patty Jenkins Wonder Woman movie, this could be legit great. If it's based off of eight, 1984, I don't know, fam. <laughs> they have, like, when I say they have a ton of, like, source material they can go, on, go, to, go with, like, from the comics, mm -hmm. I am not putting that lightly. There's, oh, yeah. I, I'm, try, I'm just trying to, trying to find what I, like, what I wrote. I mean, I'll, I'll say this while you're looking that up. I feel like Wonder Woman is such an underutilized character for as popular as she is. Like, she didn't have her first standalone movie until you know, the Patty Jenkins movie, uh, which everyone loved. And the thing that I like about Wonder Woman is how sincere the absurd parts of her are. Like she literally has a lasso of truth and she like, what was it at the end of the first movie? She like, it was the power of friendship that made her like get the power to defeat the bad guy at the end of that movie. Like it's so stupid and it's so synchron, but I love it. I, I, that's the type of shit that I live for. And Hopefully this Wonder Woman game leans into that. I hope that they don't do some gritty like, oh, she's a abuse survivor or something like that. No, nah, just let her be a badass. Don't let her be some victim. I want her to just be I want this to be a Wonder Woman game. I want this to have all the spirit that 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 should imply. Um, and also some people are saying, oh, you know, there's going to be like a Batman cameo or Superman cameo. I hope not. I hope the only cameos we get in this game are from like marvel or not marvel oh my god uh, i hope fucking green goblin shows up no um 
yeah, I hope the only side characters we get pop up in this game are the lower tier DC characters. Like, I don't want any big hitters taking away, you know, the the light from Wonder Woman. I want like I want it to be her game primarily. So we'll see I how want, that comes along. Honestly, I just want to see either one or one or two characters specifically. OK, which ones? Either Donna Troy. Oh, OK. Be interesting. Or Cassie Sandsmark. Ooh, that'd be OK. Huh. We'll see if they implement that stuff. I mean, Monolith, they know they're part of WB. And when they did Shadow Mordor, they knew their Lord of the Rings history. So let's see if they can. This is their second time up to bat with a DC property. And, you know, they're they're in that Batman universe. So let's see if they can get in that Wonder Woman universe. I'm very excited for that one. So looking forward to it. Uh, the next the next thing that happened here. Oh, wait, uh, I found, I found uh, what I wrote. Oh, yes. Yes. Go ahead. Uh, I just basically Grain was like. He would, Grain and Josh would have both prefer, would have preferred a, a, a Superman game, mm. and I said, considering the source material for Wonder Woman in the recent uh, years, they, referring to Wonder Brothers, yeah, could make this their Assassin's Creed. Oh, they really could. They really could. And plus, we still have the Rocksteady series of all the Batman games that are sitting there. This could connect to that in some way. I don't think it will, but they got a universe going there. Gotham Knights is there too, dude. Like. There's a lot there laying on the table for him. So, hey, we'll see what happens with that one. Very excited for it. Uh, another thing I'm very excited for, speaking of badass women, Maggie Robertson won the Best Performance Award for her role as Lady Dermotrice, uh, or Dermotrescu. I don't know. I'm going to say Dermotrice. So, yeah, I love that. Mommy won an award. I was very excited about that. Um, and not going to lie, she was getting little with this dress, too. Like, let's get real. She knows what you are doing. She got confidence. So, I love seeing that. Um, did I? Pre I think I predicted her to win. Actually, uh, actually, no, no, I didn't. I did not predict her to win. I think during the stream I said it's gonna be Lady Dermotrice, but looking at my predictions from last episode of Players Club, I thought it was gonna be uh, the young lady from Deathloop. <laughs> Don't know why I thought that. I feel like oh, she just has a lot of spunk and personality, and people are probably gonna be drawn to that, but. The main reason people like Village is Mackie Robertson's performance. So, you know, I probably should have known that. Probably should have selected that. But it is what it is there. Um, and so from there, we continue on to another big shocking surprise. Really weird that they put this one so close to Wonder Woman because I feel like these are two of the biggest heavy hitters here. Alan Wake 2 has been officially announced. Um, it's coming out in 2023, so it's going to be a long time before you get to play it. But we'll hear some more about it come summertime of 2022. Uh, maybe some gameplay or something. So that's super exciting. Alan Wake fans, rise up. This You're, uh, you, mm -hmm. buried, you buried the lead. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a survival horror game this time around rather than just a action game with horror elements, which I might be able to get behind because that was a big reason I didn't love the original Alan Wake is because if it was an action game, but it wasn't a very good action game. It, it was just like, oh, we got some spooks here, but the spooks weren't really that strong. So now that they're leaning all the way into the spooks there and they're not trying to, you know, have some hardcore action, maybe it'll be a little bit more unique as a title for me, at least. So, yeah, that one's I'm not like super duper excited about it, but I am very, very interested in it. Um, I got to go play the rest of that control DLC to know what the fuck's going on in that universe but uh yeah i'm very excited for all the alan wake stands out there so looking forward to it you, you a big alan wake person you look forward to this one yeah hope i i upon uh reviewing like just looking back at alan wake one 
I have a feeling that uh, Joe Pesci is going to get killed off within the first few moments. Oh, yeah, they need to. That's going to ruin the tone of a survival horror game. <laughs> Just his character. Like, I, I like how you call him Joe Pesci, too. <laughs> because that's everyone, at the time, everyone was calling him that. Yeah, he has that vibe, definitely. Like dollar store Joe Pesci. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with Alan Wake, too. We'll find out more come summertime. So very much so looking forward to that. Um, after that, we got a good little bit of comedy from Ben Schwartz and Jim Carrey uh, just to introduce this new Sonic the Hedgehog 2 trailer. Um, and honestly, the trailer looks good. The movie looks like it's going to be fun. Uh, it seems like they finally settled on a proper tone for these movies where the first movie, they had that really fucked up looking Sonic the Hedgehog model. Then they made him cuter. And now they that movie ended up being pretty good. This movie looks like it's going to be pretty good as well. So. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it's coming out. They said April. I'm trying to see here. Um, yeah, I think it's coming out in April of this coming year. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Oh, wait, not even April. March 31st, 2022. So they a got, little bit sooner. They got Black Superman. Yeah, they got Black Superman. Itris Elba is uh, the voice of Knuckles in this one. So very excited for that. And it sounds like he's doing... Sorry, I had to sneeze there. Uh, sounds like he's doing a very menacing portrayal of Knuckles here, which is pretty interesting because I feel like Knuckles is just one of the guys for the longest time in the Sonic universe where he was introduced as a villain. So it's cool to see him recontextualize as a villain once more. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Did you see the tweet that, or uh, the tweet that someone made? Or it may have been a Facebook post. And uh, I think no. it may have been the kind of funny group. Yeah, which one? Um, Like how... When when the the writer of y your film adaptation cares more about the lore than you have for the past ten years, <laughs> yeah. Like, the people actually make the games. Yeah, we're like one picture, one one tweet was was like the writer and like like picking like carefully picking which piece of uh, lore to put where. And then the next, it the 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 tweet the tweet on the right, Idris Elba has so many questions about Knuckles. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, the memes coming out of this trailer are just really good. I've already seen someone put like the African hat on Knuckles, so <laughs> I'm already like, yeah, I'm here for it. And then I saw there's this really good TikTok I saw where it was like the panel of Knuckles on one side, and then the panel like knuckles like intimidatingly talking and then the next panel is like tails waking up from something like clearly dazed on the back on his back and the first panel was like tails get up we got to get out of here and then the next panel is just tails like dazed and confused on the ground waking up being like it's <laughs> <laughs> so i can't wait to see what this actual movie is going to have I, I think the actual movie is going to be good on its own not just as a meme so you know shout out to I, that i still haven't seen sonic you still haven't seen the original? No. Bro, you should. All right, I'm not going to lie and be like, oh, you really need to see it. But it's a fun ride. It, The fact I, that it was the last movie a lot of people saw before quarantine, it's a decent one to end off on. Honestly, it's mainly due to the fact that I don't. Re I'm not really a, like a big movie guy. Mm, yeah, fair enough. I mean, this is a video game podcast <laughs> for the most part. Um, so, yeah. I'll say it's not something you need to see, but it is a really good one if you ever find yourself watching it or it's on in a room or something. Um, so from there, we had a, a pretty quick trailer for Horizon Forbidden West, uh, still on track for February 2022. 
Uh, no real new info in this trailer except for some looks at some new enemies. There's this really cool anaconda looking robot that I cannot wait to fight. That looks awesome. They have a lot of really cool traversal that they showed off here. Some cool new melee mechanics. Uh, a lot of cool new things in this trailer, but it it's not anything crazy stuff that they've talked about in blog posts and such and also i don't know if i said this on the stream but this trailer it looked like it was a suny legend trailer like you're aware of who suny legend is right no oh okay uh for those of you who don't know uh he's a guy on twitter and he's known for making really cinematic gifts out of different video games um, you might have seen his gifts of the original Horizon Forbidden or the original Horizon uh, video game. Also, he did a lot of really cinematic gifts for the Uncharted games, for the Last of Us games. Uh, he's known for like doing some really cool action scenes and stuff. And looking at this trailer, I was like, all right, this looks like a, a SUNY Legend production. Sure enough, he tweeted after the awards, I want to thank uh, Guerrilla Games for allowing me the opportunity to work on this trailer. So, yeah, all those shots were definitely a SUNY Legend thing. So, Big ups to him for get going from making fan gifts on Twitter that go viral to straight up just being the trailer maker. So gotta love that. Gotta love that. Um, and then they performed a little bit of music from Horizon Forbidden West, which felt weird only because usually they have the orchestra to celebrate the games of that year. And now they're just singing songs from a game that's not even out yet. So <laughs> kind of weird there. And speaking of something that, well, that isn't out yet, but soon will be. Oh, yeah, very soon at this point. Four days, in fact. Uh, Final three, Fantasy. Three days. Oh, yeah, three days. Oh, wow. Yes, yeah, the 13th. God, I thought it was still the 12th. Um, yeah, Final Fantasy VII Remake Intrograde. It's finally coming to PC this December 16th as an oh. Epic Store exclusive. And for $17. <laughs> yeah, for 70 fucking bucks. Oh, man, I don't have the energy to spend 70 bucks on a PC title, but hey, people. I might. I don't know if you should, dude. Like, at this point, it's so cheap. You have a PS5, number one. Number two has gone on sale a bunch of times. Well, I have, I have like, upgraded to the PS5 version of, I think I did, of uh, Final Fantasy VII. Well, then, there's no, re <laughs> there's no reason to pick it up on PC unless you want, oh, I, I want to go past 60 frames. Like, eh, that's probably not worth $70. Yeah, I forget but that. Let's get, let's get to the, funny, the funniest bit of the show. Yeah, that's the next one here. Uh, so the next bit here was a surprise appearance by Lil Dicky and Gata <laughs> from the hit TV show Dave, a show that everyone says I should watch, but I have yet to. Um, they basically just came here for a Game Pass PC commercial. Uh, and in the weirdest turn of events, Gata just took a screen cap of a random laptop in the commercial and tweeted it out. And he actually tweeted it out live in the middle of the award show that we could go on Twitter and just look at it. And it announced new games. Like Sniper Elite 5 got announced <laughs> by this random photo from Gata on Twitter. Uh, and then Dave, of course, retweeted it, of course, because he has more followers. But what the fuck? <laughs> it was so weird when I saw that. Um, and like, I'm excited for Sniper Elite 5. Like, that game's cool. And they showed it off at their ID at Xbox event the next day. But that was such a weird turn of events. Uh, but it was cool. And also, like Nico Lowell was there. They had like some hundred thieves members there. Yeah, it was like, what is he doing there? <laughs> yeah. Like, why is Nico Lowell here? Uh it, it was a weird crossover event that no one really asked for, but I was kind of appreciative. It was ridiculous in a way that I thought was cool. So yeah, shout out to that. And then uh right after that, uh, we got a couple of different commercials, including one for a brand new service where Google Play 
is gonna let you play actually i don't think we came to that announcement yet but i'm just gonna drop it here uh google play is announcing a new service where you can play android games on pc uh is something coming out next year but their goal is to let you play all these mobile titles on a pc i think they're trying to get some more people into the mobile market they got enough they got a lot of people now but they want more you know how it is capitalism makes it so where you can't just stop and be comfortable where you're at you have to keep expanding so everyone can play everything at some point in the future uh the next award here is for best action game and the winner of this one is returnal which i have no opinion on i have not started at returnal yet but uh I know a lot of people wanted Returnal to walk away with something, so here's their one award. <laughs> the good for them. Um, I, have you started Returnal at all? I don't know if you have yet. Yeah, um, I'm terrible at it, but then again, I was playing it when I didn't have a good like line of sight with my TV. Uh, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> but honestly, I, I may I may try. Like, is there still the issue where you like you can't save? Like in between in between uh, runs, they added an update to kind of fix that. Where if you're in the middle of a run, because I understand, you know, if you're if you're in the middle of the run, you would just suspend your session and then turn off your system. But then if your system ever went out of sleep mode into full shutdown, you'd come back and everything be gone. They fixed that by adding a one time suspend state. So if you're in a run, you can suspend it once, and then even if your system comes turns off you can come back to that suspended state but it's only a one-time thing per run so it's kind of a halfway measure so get what you need done but god forbid you have another emergency and have to walk away again you got to just pray that your system doesn't shut off um which is honestly really annoying because over on xbox they have quicker zoom and that thing works even if your entire system turns off like it keeps those save states on so i don't love how playstation does it but Hey, man, software updates. They might add that stuff later. Uh, then after Returnal's win, we got a new trailer for Destiny 2 The Witch Queen, which is coming out in February 2022. And that's the other February thing that I was trying to think of earlier. Um, yeah, this it's weird that there's FMV stuff in Destiny now, but hey, Destiny is Destiny. People love it. Good luck on that DLC next year. <laughs> Is all I have to say. And then this next one was a really weird trailer for uh, Slitterhead, which is a brand new title from the original creator of Silent Hill, uh, Kichiro Toyama. Hopefully I said that right. I feel a little bit more confident on that one. Um, but it has a modern day setting and there's a lot of like horrific creatures that are disguised as ordinary people. Um, looks weird. No release date or anything. I, I said on stream, it gives me Devil's Third vibes in a good way. Um, I don't know if that's going to translate to critics liking it, which honestly, probably not, because critics tend to not go for games with that type of vibe, but I'm interested in it. The, the the monster design has me interested, and hopefully it's not a straight horror game. Hopefully it's more of a horror action type title, because I'd be, I'd be down with that. But hey, we'll see what's up with it. Uh, any excitement, thoughts about Slitterhead at all? Uh, oh, man, that uh, very intense trailer. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I joked at first. Oh, so look, oh, so, oh, so this is gonna be Silent Hill remake or Silent <laughs> Hill reboot. I'm like, no, no, it's much scarier. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be a Silent Hill reboot too because they had the title cards that came up with like the original creator of Silent Hill in like a big block of text. I was like, oh, this is it. Nah, it wasn't it. But hey, it's something cool. So we'll see what uh, comes of that in the near future. 
Uh, speaking of near future, or maybe far past, I don't know. Uh, we got an announcement of this title called Nightingale, which is a sci-fi slash fantasy slash survival slash city building hybrid, which puts you up against a bunch of different mythological creatures. And it kind of has like a old timey, like Sherlock Holmesy type vibe to a lot of the character designs, but there's a lot of tech and stargates and portals people are coming out of. It's weird. There's a lot going on in this game, but it, it's hitting early access uh, come next year, 2022. I, I'm going to keep my eye out for this one. This isn't the type of game I will play because it's got a lot of like kind of rust elements, but the aesthetic and the art style looks interesting enough to have me intrigued. So I'm going to keep an eye out for it, but in all honesty, probably won't end up playing it. Um, and so the next one here. Uh, oh, yeah, this is a brief trailer for Lord of the Rings Gollum, which is a title that has been long discussed being developed. Uh, I think they announced this thing before the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X even were released. So we've known about this game for a very long time. They're still working on it, clearly. It seems like maybe they're making more progress on it now that we have some actual visuals to go with this game, um, more than just a screenshot or two. Uh, I don't know if I'm looking forward to it, but we'll see. It looks like it's definitely a Lord of the Rings game. I have no idea what the gameplay is from this little clip that they showed, but I don't I imagine, know. I imagine it's a stealth game where you kill orcs. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It's like, I, I think it's going to be, what is it? Do you remember the game Sticks? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to look it up. I want to get the full name of it. Yeah, Sticks Master of Shadows, where you play as a little short little troll thing and you climb around places and you do a bunch of sneak attacks and you sneak around as a stealthy little boy um it looks like it's going to be that but with golem which is fine but i also don't think of golem as being a violent character <laughs> i think of him being kind of a pathetic thing where it makes sense for him to be a stealth character where he can't really get into a direct fight so that makes sense but also him killing people by the boatload even with a stealth context seems a little bit off kilter but hey, it is what it is no no disrespect there um so yeah we'll keep an eye on that one um after that we got a lady gaga beat saber pack which is kind of cool i don't care about lady gaga but i really popped for it for some reason <laughs> i remember it came on screen i'm like oh man lady gaga wait i don't care i don't listen to lady gaga why am i excited <laughs> I had to calm myself down. Um, but yeah, if you like Lady Gaga, shout out to Beat Saber. Uh, all due respect to Lady Gaga. I, I like her acting. I don't know. Maybe that's really what it is. I just like the existence of Lady Gaga more than I like her music. But that's enough of me analyzing that. Um, PUBG going free to play January 12th. We got a little trailer announcing that. Super weird. This game's been out for several years. Uh, maybe it's starting to sunset its ability to get new players with the purchase price. So, hey, free to play. It's going to open it up to a lot of new people. Uh, that game's decent, so shout out to that. Then we had another trailer for Somerville. I'm very excited about this one. This looks like inside, but more colorful and with an alien invasion of some sort. Uh, it looks incredible. Uh, I think you also said uh, Somerville looks really interesting to you as well, Al. Yeah, it, as as you put it, or as you, like when, when the when you first when we first saw it you're like this looks please let this be like more hopeful than inside yeah <laughs> yeah because I, I for as much as i love inside and for that matter limbo is pretty good too they are both really depressing hopefully somerville has a little bit more light hopefully it's not all misery where i still love inside but like 
if every game like inside is just a bummer, I don't know if I can get into that genre as consistently as I would like to. So, you know, time will tell on that. Um, then the next thing we have here, you were super excited, at least about the music. I don't know if you were actually excited about the game, but um, we have an announcement for Cuphead. The Delicious Last Course DLC is finally, finally, finally coming out June 30th of 2022. And they announced it with a nice little performance by the Game Awards Orchestra. What a nice little old-timey musical number there that I appreciated. So, yeah, like um, a nice mm -hmm. 1920s to 1940s style, like big bands, big band style, uh, like performance. Yeah. Yeah, it was very, it was very sweet. Even I liked that performance because, like I said on the stream when we were watching this, I like the vibe and aesthetic of Cuphead more than the actual game. I can't get past the first level in Cuphead. I am so terrible at that game. But something about it just it just makes me happy to watch and see. So um very excited that that's getting more content and that I can watch more gameplay of it because I'd rather watch people stream it than play it myself. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. To which I then responded. I then posed the question, if Walt Disney were alive, would he, would he like, send legal documents to... Like legal, like what he said, paper the papers <laughs> cease and desist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that trailer was totally like old, like 1930s Disney animation, and shoot, even like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer stop motion type vibes as well. So like, whew, he probably get a lot of they Studio MDHR probably would have gotten a lot of questions from those people if they cared. But let's be real here: if Walt Disney was alive today, he'd probably be in jail because I gear I know where he was on January six. <laughs> that's all i'm saying did not think that uh did not think that was gonna be that's what i said yeah i guarantee you come on um well speaking of things that are historically bad uh we got a new sonic game revealed <laughs> um this is sonic frontiers now they did announce this game already but this is the first time looking at in-engine footage of the game uh people are saying it gives a lot of breath of the wild and shadow of the colossus vibes I can see the Breath of the Wild, not quite seeing the Shadow of the Colossus vibes. I think people are just saying that because there's a bunch of stone monoliths with weird symbols on them. But it's definitely open world. Uh, and I am, I don't want to go as far to say as I'm excited for this new Sonic game. But I can very easily see the fun in having a character that runs really fast have a big old open environment to just run around in. I can see how that could be fun. Now, this is Sonic Team we're talking about. They've been known to fuck up a good idea. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. But I'm timid. I'm timidly uh, interested in this. Uh, slightly optimistic, I'll say. Um, any thoughts on Sonic Frontiers or is it just a wait and see type thing? Well, I did make the reference to the comparison to Sonic, Sonic 06. Yeah I, yeah, I think you said that because it has like the realistic architecture compared to the uh, the cartoonish character design of Sonic. Mm hmm. Exactly. So we'll see if that actually clashes in the full game. I think it'll be a little bit, you know, not as jarring as it might seem in the trailer. But hey, we'll find out at some point. And so uh, the next little segment here uh, was Hideo Kojima appearing virtually just to pitch to a trailer for Nightmare Alley, which is Guillermo del Toro's new movie, <laughs> which is super weird. And then del Toro popped up himself to give the award for best art direction. Which went to Deathloop. So shout out to Deathloop. Um, I was surprised by this one. Uh, I know Deathloop has a really cool vibe and everything. And it does have really good art direction. But I don't think of art direction as being the thing 
that Deathloop does in the same way that Psychonauts 2 does it or The Artful Escape. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I think this is a case of not a lot of people played Psychonauts 2, so they didn't vote for it for Art Direction. And not a lot of people even know what The Artful Escape is, so they didn't vote for it. I think Deathloop won off of popularity alone. And that makes me a little salty because I really do feel like at least Psychonauts 2 should have got that. It should have got something. Psychonauts 2 totally got shafted this whole this whole event. They got Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah, yeah. It did get Horizon Zero Dawn. So not the happiest about that, but hey, it is what it is. And then right after that award, we got a rapid fire burst of a bunch of different awards here. Um, Player's Voice, which is basically, you know, player's choice of game that they liked the most this year, their game of the year award. That went to Halo Infinite, which released literally the day before. So kind of weird because this this voting for player's choice was going on for like the last week leading up to that day. So that was a little bit strange, but it is what it is. Best role playing game goes to Tales of Arise, which uh, I heard a lot of good buzz about Tales of Arise. So, you know, good for that game. Good for the JRPG people who like that. Uh, there's a demo on the Xbox store right now that you can play uh, out of the ID at Xbox collection. So I'm about to check that one out. So good for that. Best score and music award goes to Near Replicant. Um, and I'm pretty sure I predicted that it was going to go to Near Replicant, even though I didn't want it to because I don't feel like Near deserves that much recognition because <laughs> it's a very mediocre game by every other metric, but its music is really good. Um, but it won. It won Best Music. Uh, I'm not mad or salty about it, but I definitely probably would have gone with this is another one where the Artful Escape probably had a better shot. And I honestly thought Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy was going to win just because everyone played that. But nah, it goes to Nier. The 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 association of Nier with good music is just too strong. So hey, it is what it is. Content creator of the year, Dream. Yay. Don't really care. Um, and then after that, best multiplayer game. This one upset me. It went to It Takes Two, which is probably deserving. But that's not why people like It Takes Two. It Takes Two isn't a compelling multiplayer game. It's a compelling platformer that is more compelling because it has multiplayer. Knockout City should have won this, man. God damn it. I feel like everyone forgot how great Knockout City was. Like, I don't know. Do, what, what do you feel about that one? You think It Takes Two was deserving of that? Or do you think it should have gone to the Knockout Cities or something else on that list? I, I haven't played any of uh, <laughs> It Takes Two or Knockout City. Damn. Well, to give you a heads up on what the other nominees were, you also had Back for Blood, Monster Hunter Rise, New World, and Valheim. You played a little bit of Back for Blood, but would you say <laughs> would you I say played, that? Would... I, I played a bit of Back for Blood and New World. Oh, okay, New World too. Wow. Oh, yeah, you did talk about that on the podcast. Yeah, you wouldn't um, say either of those are like higher caliber. No, yeah, honestly, yeah, it, it should have been if it wasn't if it weren't if if it takes two weren't what well, wasn't on the list. It should have gone Knockout City. Yeah, because yeah, I'm right there. While I haven't played the game, I have seen a ton of it, like a ton of footage, like streams of it, mm -hmm. and that that it actually makes me want to play it. Exactly, and you should. It's they Which they've is, been trying to get everyone to play it. <laughs> like, isn't because that, that's the whole point of multiplayer mm -hmm. games. Wanna makes you want to jump in. Makes you want to jump in and play it yourself bingo bingo and lord knows they've been trying they put the thing on game pass at launch then they gave it away on twitch prime then they gave it away on playstation plus they've literally every single avenue except i don't know maybe a free weekend on switch they've taken to give this game the best shot it can 
Uh, so hopefully it gets that best shot. Hopefully people are still playing it. I hop on every now and then and still am able to get matches. So I'm optimistic for the future of that title. So yeah, shout out to Knockout City. Love you, but it takes two. It's not the last time you'll hear that name. Um, and then best mobile game went to Genshin Impact because Genshinism is a big game. Everyone knows what it is. Blah, 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 blah. Um, then we had a couple more segments. Uh, we had uh, a really cool cameo. Or not cameo, but it was Facebook gaming highlighting uh, Spawn on Me and everything that Khalif Adams is doing with that whole brand and site over there. Uh, really highlighting the Lesson in Blackness uh, video that kind of went viral last year around all the protests during the summer. Um, I thought that was really cool. I was super excited to see that. Uh, I love me some Khalif Adams and I love me some Spawn on Me. So it's cool to see him getting any type of shine in any way. So that was really awesome. Uh, then they had some commercials for Amazon Luna, which had like fucking Avali in there and some other streamers and stuff that I know. Uh, very weird. PUBG Mobile also got an ad, uh, Battle Royale, blah, blah, blah. Warhammer Vermintide 2 DLC is coming, um, which I think is funny because you could tell how much people are zoning out in this point because the write-up says Warhammer Vermintide 2 is coming. Like that game's been out for a couple months. <laughs> <laughs> but hey it is what it is i ain't gonna roast you too much um I, then uh-huh i think i remember playing that game i think that game either was out on was out last year like i think it was like one of those one of the earliest upgraded to next gen because mm. i remember i remember playing um like doing a game like doing a game night with uh josh and Graydon, like in Feb- i want to say february yeah yeah that makes sense it was probably one of the first like uh, next generation versions of an old game to be put out this year, at least. So, uh, yeah, people have been on the Vermintide train for a minute. So I don't blame people for not knowing about it, but also it's been it, here for a minute. It is so fun. Yeah, that's one that I got. I don't think I own two, but I think I picked up one for free a long ass time ago. So uh, I'll play through that at some point get a little bit of a taste of that franchise but we'll have more warhammer to talk about very soon um so this next award went to uh guardians of the galaxy for best narrative which pretty much was the nail in the coffin that told me okay i need to play this fucking game <laughs> like if it's winning best narrative over what was it up against here as i'm scrolling through everything it was up against psychonauts 2 life of strange true colors death loop and nick takes two like i know life is strange was probably a shoe in but from everything I heard about Guardians of the Galaxy, it seemed like if there was a reason to give it recognition, it was for that narrative. So I predicted that it was going to win it, but I didn't really know it had the juice like that. I thought based off of what people were saying, it would win. But nah, it really has that type of juice. So I'm really going to have to give it a shot. Um, we already talked about it earlier. I will be playing that within the coming days. So yeah, shoop de doo on that one. Um, and then from there... Uh, we had another look at, oh, Lord, how you say this name? Cha? Tisha? Tichia? Lord have mercy. Let's see if I can make them speak to spell it. Speak. I'm just going to type in Bing, that word, and then say it out loud. That didn't work. All right, never mind. I'm going to give up. But uh, the THC, the T-C-H-I-A game, um, basically the game where you can turn into any animal or item you see. This this trailer here was a way better showcase of what this game is than we saw at the PlayStation event a couple months ago. I am actually pretty excited for this one. It's coming out in spring of 2022. It looks cute. It looks fun. It looks innovative. Can't wait for it. So yeah, then we had who Amanda Waller showing up on stage at the Game Awards. 
acting was, real acting real serious. Yeah, very serious. And like it, she was so serious that the crowd didn't even know to clap. <laughs> yeah. It was that was just she, one of the only awkward moments of the show. She she was in sh- straight up method acting. Yeah, for real, for real. She was like taking it. <laughs> I was like, oh man. And this is of course uh oh lord, what's her name? I forget her name. Deborah Olson. Uh, Thank you, Deborah Wilson. I was about to say Wilson, but I didn't know if that was the first or last name. Um, so yeah, Deborah Wilson was up there just killing it as Amanda Waller. Uh, and of course, this is a pitch to go to Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. This is the first time we saw some in well, we saw a bunch of in-engine footage, but this is the first time seeing some gameplay. Now you don't have the HUD and everything, and it is a little bit stylized, but the gameplay in this game looks good. Like it is at best Sunset Overdrive, at worst, like Agents of Mayhem. And Agents of Mayhem is a fun game to play, at the very least. So I say that with good intentions. <laughs> so yeah, Suicide Squad looks good. Um, I, I saw some people having problems with the shooting, saying it looks a little bit floaty and imprecise. But I don't know, man. I think I'm digging it. But we'll see some more. The game's coming out next year, and we do not have a specific date. So we're going to have to learn some more about this game sooner rather than later. So, yeah, shout was, out to that. Mm-hmm. I was proud of my uh, the joke I made or the like the what if I said like what because uh, like, Daryl Wilson walks off stage. Uh, Jeff Jeff Keighley's like, is she gone? And let's play. <laughs> let's play the trailer. And I'm like, oh, let's play the video. I'm like, what if she comes back? <laughs> God, wish she was like, what did I just tell you? <laughs> Oh, that would have been great. That would have been a good bit. But yeah, so yeah, Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. It looks very interesting, but we'll find out what's up with that game later on. Uh, the next game we had here, two of the main voice actresses from Forspoken came out to show off a new trailer and to show that the game will be coming out May 24th, 2022, which feels kind of far away, but also I'm not bugging about it. Because this is a game, actually a bunch of previews went out for Forspoken this morning and I was watching just a couple of them um there's some good things people are saying the game looks cool but uh the GameSpot one that i actually have paused because i was watching it right before i clicked over here um their concern is that this game has a a black woman as the lead um and a lot of people of color in the cast not a lot of people of color writing the script and (laughs) there's one particular quote i saw going around on twitter that they were trying to Square Enix put out a, a statement saying that they were trying to give the main character a quote hip hoppy type walk. <laughs> yeah, I saw that and I was like, wow. Yeah, yeah, wow is right. And so I part of me is sure that this is like some like Japanese gloss and translation type thing, but still, like, come on now. Like, we, we know that there's a lot of racism in Japan, so ugh, it, it just doesn't feel great. I don't like that that's how they took that. Uh, they're clearly trying to make some type of fish out of water story, but like, m- let your character be who they are. They don't have to be urban. <laughs> so yeah, that that's a little bit shaky, but I'm still very interested in the game. The cast looks cool. The gameplay looks cool. The visuals look cool. We'll see what they have to say for this game when we get closer to May 24th. So gonna hold my I, not gonna hold my breath. And now it's time. And now it's time for the biggest explosion that I had this entire uh, event. We got a trailer for a game I never thought would ever come out. I never thought we would get this ever because the last game did end on a cliffhanger, which I had to reacquaint myself with uh, over the last couple of days. Warhammer Space Marine 2. 
third-person action game. It's coming to next-gen consoles only and PC. No release date yet, but oh my god, the way I let out a scream and inappropriate sounds when this trailer came up. Oh my god, I can't wait for this fucking game, man. Like, uh, and and I actually did reinstall the original uh, Space Marine on my PC just so I can play it in, you know, some crazy high fidelity. I don't think I've launched it on my PC since I've gotten it because um, I played it all the way back on the PlayStation 3. So it's going to be a glorious day when this comes out. I get the vibe that this is a 2023 title, so it's probably going to be a long time before I see it, but I hope there's some type of play test. I get the vibe that they're going to go for co-op in the campaign uh, just because that makes sense for this title, but we'll see. And then Tom Willits is one of the people behind it. So he sure. did a great, Oh, I said Tom Willits on the stream. <laughs> and, then I, and then when I went back on Twitter, I was like, sorry, I got your name wrong. It is Tim Willits. You're right. Uh, Tim Willits is one of the people who worked on rage two. And I liked rage two quite a bit. It was a very fun video game. So I think this one will be a fun video game as well. And speaking of fun video games, we also got a trailer for the new saints row coming August 23rd, 2022. And this was basically just showing a little bit more of the moment, the moment gameplay and like the wider customization features and other little features throughout the game. Cause I think, I think this trailer was meant to really calm down the people who were very vitriolic about the first trailer where it seemed like, Oh, you got to play as a black woman now. And it's like, nah, you can still customize. We just have a different default or just the still, still the funniest one. The funniest, the, like the, the self-owning one I saw was um, SJW mm -hmm. invasion of uh, Saints Row with the Picard <laughs> meme. And like, cause Star Trek is like, actually, actually ironically is, or, or, is super inclusive <laughs> super inclusive like the most progressive thing possible yeah people people don't really understand what the fuck they're saying sometimes nor people just want to be hateful people just don't like change when they don't even realize hey the thing that you like has a bunch of change <laughs> so i don't know people are silly like, but it's mm -hmm. like i'm gonna i'm gonna point to the thing i that i've read, seen other people point to because other people are where i get my my information Exactly. The hive mind just tries to find something to latch on to. And in the case of Saints Row, it seems like for the most part, a lot of the community has calmed down because not only is this trailer, you know, way better for those types of people, but uh, Game Informer was showing a bunch of new footage and new gameplay of the game. Uh, not this month, but last month, I want to say like October or November. Um, so, you know, a lot of people were able to see more of the customization, more of the actual gameplay, more of the gangs, all the characters. So I think for the most part, people are now just generally excited. So, yeah, I think it'll be fine, but I'm super excited for this game. I am planning on playing through the whole franchise next year in preparation for it. And I'm already like formulating like a thesis to look at these games with so I can do some type of video essay type thing because I've been wanting to do something like that for a long time. So yeah, look out for that next year, possibly. Uh, so yeah, and after the Saints Row trailer, God, we are, I'm just going to say this real quick. We are going very long on this podcast. Oh my God. Uh, we got 10 minutes before we actually hit three hours. So I'm going to like go through these a little bit quicker. Um, so anyway, Fall Guys is getting Nightmare Before Christmas skins. Yay, I guess. Uh, Paul George gave the award for best action adventure game, which went to Metroid Dread. I thought that was kind of weird. Actually, no, I don't think it's kind of weird because Metroid Dread had to win something. But I'm just salty about Metroid Dread. I want the full 3D Metroid. <laughs> if I get any Metroid at all, I just don't care about Metroid Dread. I don't care about another 2D one when the indie space is giving me so many of those. So, yeah, it is what it is. Any thoughts on Metroid Dread before we uh, push on through? 
Uh, n- no, I, I swear this this goddamn website. I keep losing <laughs> it keeps my, refreshing. It keeps refreshing, and I keep losing my spot. Like well, it keeps I'm... staying. It keeps staying in spot for me. I'm not sure what's up with it, but yeah. Long story short, Metroid Dread it won something. So you know, good for the people who care about that franchise. Um, I'll play the demo. I downloaded the demo on Switch a long time ago. So one of these days, I'll try it out. Uh, next up, we have Dune Spice Wars, which is a 4X real-time strategy game coming to early access uh, next year, based off of, of course, the classic movie franchise, but more importantly, book franchise Dune. Um, yay, Dune. <laughs> I'm glad nerds are eating. I know nerds are going to love that game, so good job for you dweebs out there. Um, then we got some more gameplay from Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Will Arnett and Ashley Birch came out to talk about that. Uh, that one's coming out March 25th of next year. Uh, mm-hmm. I, got, I got canceled for saying something about Randy Pitchford. <laughs> hey, man, you said it about Randy Pitchford. So I think most of the people who might have canceled you for that probably just agree. So, yeah, no hard feelings there. But uh, honestly, Wonderlands just looks like Borderlands 3, but medieval. So it looks like a glorified expansion pack, but it's definitely going to be a little bit more involved in that. And Wanda Sykes has a great voice, and I think it's funny hearing her say anything. So God bless her. Um, a surprise announcement of Among Us VR. That's coming to both PlayStation VR, MetaQuest, and the Steam uh, VR solution that they have. Um, it's coming to everything VR. So that was random kind of exciting um we'll we'll see what else comes of that we literally got like literally like four seconds of gameplay footage so um can't wait to see what that ends up being uh then after that we got a little bit of a k-pop performance from V, uh the very exciting looking action adventure game kind of like a pokemon like that we saw a couple months ago uh, I followed them on TikTok, and literally every video on their TikTok is just a different character from this game dancing to that same Rockstar song. <laughs> so I don't know. They need to show some more of that game and maybe give us a release date, too, because I want to play that. Um, Genshin Impact is getting two new characters. You can play that game on PlayStation consoles, mobile, and PC. Uh, Steel Rising, a really cool-looking steampunk action game. It's coming out next year. Um, don't know much about it, but it looks very neat. Uh, AMD showed off some new technology, blah, 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 blah. Metal Hellslinger is a fast-paced, gory first-person shooter with a metal soundtrack. Oh, this is the BPM ripoff. <laughs> where it looks like uh, that that really cool first-person shooter where you have to like uh, match the rhythm of the songs. It looks like that, but with actual licensed metal music. So, hey, that might be cool. Rocket League Sideways, or Rocket League, Rocket League Side Swipe uh, got a trailer as well. So, you know, go play it on the mobile devices. Google Play Games, You, this is the thing I talked about earlier, Android games on PC starting next year. Uh, you blew up for this one, Al. Uh, Star Trek is getting an adventure game called Star Trek Resurgence, and it's coming out for consoles and PC spring of next year. Um, yeah, you're Mr. Star Trek, so I'm sure you were I, blowing up for this one. I wishlist, wishlisted that. as That was actually the first thing I was... I, I opened up I have a game store and just wishlist, wishlisted that. Installed the chorus demo. Yeah, sci-fi in yourself out, huh? Oh man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have so much fun with that game. <laughs> hey, respect to that. Respect to that. The thing I like, the thing I'm, I'm excited about. It looks like it's, it looks like, like it has, it looks like it's taking some elements from Star Trek Online, particularly the, um, the combat. Hmm. Okay. Respect. 
So yeah, I, I guess I guess we'll see more of that game because even the trailer that, sh- that they showed, it seemed like they were keeping a lot to their chest. So hopefully before spring comes, we'll get more of a deeper dive gameplay wise in that game. But I don't know. It looks like it's going to satiate the thirst that the Star Trek fans are having like yourself. So yeah, good on you. Um, then Reggie Fizame came out to present the award for best ongoing game, which went to Final Fantasy 15. Um, I predicted it was going to win at least best community support, but I was really betting best ongoing game was going to go to something like Apex Legends or something. But Final Fantasy 15, I really feel like this is the year that that game kind of like uh, 14. Oh, sorry. Yeah, 14. Yeah. Uh, man, Roman numerals are so difficult. Uh, I swear to God, it took Latin. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, Final Fantasy 14. It's a game that is loved by everyone. It is a universally loved video game. And that is such a rare thing, especially today, that you just have to give that some type of award, some type of recognition here. So good on them for getting both the best community, best community support and best ongoing game. Um, this one was interesting. This next uh, announcement, Rumbleverse, will be out for consoles and PC next year in early access. Um, I didn't know what the fuck this game was. You were saying it kind of looks like a, a wrestling game, but not actually the I, sport of wrestling. It looks like a like an arcadey, unlicensed wrestling game. Yes, yes, and, and it did look like that. Iron Galaxy, uh, or Iron Galaxy is just making it. Mm-hmm. Well, they're publishing and, it, I believe. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think I forgot who it was, but someone tweet uh, put out footage that that they took. They included for one of the characters, like one of the animations is the ref glitch from 2K20. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it seems like they know their audience. Yeah. And I saw that and I was just like, yes, this is wonderful. Yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll see what's up with that. I I will say I did look up gameplay because I was really I was low key shitting on this game during the stream. I was saying it looks like uh this this is like a free to play mobile game, but looking at gameplay from Giant Bomb and such, it's a it's a actually it's a forty man uh battle royale, but it's all melee based. So you're running around this open environment. You're picking up signs off the street to hit people with. You're throwing metal baseball bats at them. You're you're like doing wrestling moves off the top of buildings and slamming them down. Uh, you're climbing buildings like it's Breath of the Wild. There's a lot of mechanics in there. So it looks like something I definitely want to try out now. Um, so, yeah, that that original showing might have put me on the back of might have put me on my back foot. But now I think I might try it. Um, so after that, we got Plague Tale Requiem getting a little bit of a trailer here. It's coming out next year for consoles and PC. Uh, looks very similar to the original game. Um, I really don't think anything in this trailer is really going to hit you hard unless you played that original game. I'm halfway through that original game. I should beat it, but I haven't yet. I probably will at some point soon. So yeah, just be on the lookout for that. Uh, we got a new story trailer for Dying Light 2. That is coming out February 4th. That's another game during that February time period that's going to fuck us all up. But uh, hey, it looks good. Uh, Rosario Dawson's still in the game, so that's cool as well. So yeah, looking forward to that one. Uh, look forward to that one a lot more based off of recent previews so yeah that's gonna be a good one this one i kind of had a big pop for crossfire x the first person shooter from remedy uh is finally gonna be coming out february 10th another february game (laughs) i we are all gonna be in trouble come february but uh yeah remedy crossfire x is basically the north american version of a really popular game crossfire in i believe japan or at least just chinese markets um, now this is the American version is coming over with the campaign developed by Remedy, and I can't wait to see what the fuck it is, because a military shooter by Remedy sounds 
interesting, if nothing else. Um, so the next thing we had, we had a little bit of Fortnite info. We had a little bit of uh, Blood Hunt info. We finally, they finally announced the release date for Blood Hunt. It's going to be coming out of early access in spring of 2022, and it will be free to play on PC and PS5. Uh, then we had Imagine Dragons coming out. That was a little bit of a collaboration with uh, the folks from uh, the folks who made Bastion. Forget the development team. Um, God. Thank you, Supergiant. I was about to say like Arcane Studios, but that's literally the name of the show. Um, so yeah, Supergiant came out with them. They did a little bit of a song from Bastion, and then they segued that into the song Enemy from the really popular Arcane League of Legends show. Uh, and then JID came out and fucking killed it, which was so exciting because I love JID, and he actually, real you quick. You lost mm -hmm. it. Yeah, I lost it, bro. I didn't expect him to be there. And also, I didn't expect him to actually perform the song live because I think they were at like the MTV Music Awards or something. And you could tell he was lip syncing it because they just played his verse and he wasn't like exhausted or anything when he was rapping it. But this time you could tell because this motherfucker ran out of breath and hit the floor as soon as his verse was over. <laughs> like Jid is a monster. I love J.I.D. so much. So respect him for that one. Um, the next award was Innovation and Accessibility, which highlights how developers have made games more accessible for players with disabilities. And of course, that went to Horizon, uh, Forza Horizon 5. Uh, and it also won Best Sports and Racing Game, which they decided to announce here, which was a little bit weird because it already won an award earlier that night. But eh, it is what it is. So, yeah, uh, Forza Horizon 5, uh, you know, they had one of the first games to just straight up put sign language in the game like superimposed over its cutscenes, so that's pretty neat that's pretty cool so shout out to that um gtfo got a surprise announced that it's out of early access right now and now you can buy the full game on steam so shout out to that um let's see here jeff goldblum playing raid shadow legends was very hilarious to me for some reason um and then more commercials from other games chorus you just downloaded the demo for you said uh that got a little bit of a trailer here as well so shout out to that we got a pretty substantial trailer for the Halo TV series, which looked way better than I thought it would. Like, I know Steven Spielberg's behind it and such, and I know there's like a lot of talent and big names, but man, the production quality on this TV show looks incredible. Um, and I'm actually pretty excited for this Halo TV series, despite the fact that I am a very, very, I wouldn't even call myself a Halo fan. I'm so on the periphery of that series, so... Yeah, that one looked super interesting. Um, any thoughts on the Halo TV series here? I honestly, I I have so many questions that I don't want to keep the show going uh, like over overboard. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Because at this point, I'm starting to think in my head, maybe I'll cut this podcast into two. Because we have two weeks of two weeks where we're going to be gone anyway. So maybe I'll just do this part to be the first part. And then are what we're playing to be the second part, like next week or something. I don't know. I'm thinking about it. Also with uh, Halo, with the with the lore, and mm -hmm. like what they could, they could what they could do. There are tons and tons of books, tons oh, and yeah. tons of comics, tons and tons of uh, of uh, other like of like there there was a what was that uh, the, the Halo like it was the it was a Halo animated thing from people who did Animatrix. Oh yeah, I heard about that. Which actually, that 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 thing that that rocks. Mm -hmm. that, that, that thing was great. Um, yeah, Halo is one of those franchises that has a scary amount of lore, which is probably a big reason why I'm afraid to get into it that hard. But hey, I like to have context at the very least. I imagine that, like, mm -hmm. 
I know that they're gonna they're gonna go with like the Spartan stuff, but I wonder yeah. if they're gonna if they're gonna do like the they're gonna fill in the like or make canon or not, not make canon, make official canon, the stuff that like uh, Sergeant Johnson was had Spartan training, hmm. Hmm. which possibly yeah, and like there's a whole book, uh, Contact Harvest, which is it came out literally like right before Halo Three. Hmm. Okay. Huh. Honestly, I may I may fall down a, a Halo book well. <laughs> Very yeah. much so. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, they like I said, there's a scary amount of lore. I feel like every Bungie game just has way too much lore than is responsible to have. <laughs> but uh, uh, except except for except for a certain game that came out in like 2014, Destiny. Yeah. I, I would say Destiny is very much so like Halo, where it has a lot of lore. It's just that all of the lore was like in cards. <laughs> yeah, that's. I was, I was trying to be nice and not outright <laughs> offensive. Uh, yeah, yeah, that game it definitely had all the lore. You just had to go looking for it, unlike the rest of these games. But shoot, I thought you were gonna say like Oni <laughs> didn't have any lore or something like that. Wait, that was Rockstar, wasn't it? No, or I was think, that Bungie? No, no, Oni was Bungie. Okay, so I was right. Oni was Bungie. Yeah, because I was about to say Marathon had a shit ton of lore too. So they're always about that lore. Just, uh, just like a quick thing. Mm-hmm. Back in 2007, when Halo Three ha- like came out, and the the ending of Halo Three, I think the Legendary Edition ending. Yeah, mm-hmm. people. Assumed, there were so many theories that they're going to cross over into Marathon. Oh my God! Yeah. So you'll you'll see when you, when you get to when you finish Halo Three. Okay, well, now I got something else to look forward to. Yippee-ki-yay. <laughs> and so, yeah, from there, after that, we got, um, let's see, what was this next thing? Oh, after the Halo TV show, Donald Muster came out to announce the Best Game Direction Award, which went to Deathloop, which, uh, yeah, good good for Deathloop. I feel like this one was definitely on the money. I felt like if anything was going to win for Game Direction, it was going to be the time loop game that made Immersive Sims accessible to more people. So, yeah, good for them. Um, then after that, we got a bunch of rapid fire winners here. God, this page keeps refreshing, but at least it keeps going back to my spot. Um, ooh, excuse me. Best esports game was League of Legends, of course, because Arcane's blowing up. Uh, best family game, It Takes Two, of course, based off of what we're about to talk about in a minute. Uh, best fighting game went to Guilty Gear Strive. Uh, I predicted that correctly. Best strategy game went to Age of Empires 4. Surprised me a lot because I thought Inscription was a shoe win because people won't shut up about Inscription. So I thought it was going to win the one category that it seemed like no one else cared about the other games. But hey, I guess Age of Empires 4 people love that game. And then also the most anticipated game went to Elden Ring, which was a perfect segue because we got a new Elden Ring trailer. Uh, That game is still coming out February 25th. The trailer makes the game look really good. I will still not play that game. (laughs) but respect to everyone else who cares about it so yippee ki um then we got a lot more commercials some more ads blah 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 blah. uh then we got a trailer for a brand new game a mixed cinematic uh and gameplay filled trailer for a sci-fi third-person shooter by the name of arc raiders uh a lot of futuristic warriors a lot of like 
not quite desert looking planets, but like some otherworldly wilderness planets uh, and a bunch of robots running around and a bunch and a lot of people on the map. I don't know if this is like a battle royale type thing. I don't know if this is like an eight player co-op type thing, but there were a lot of people out there shooting alongside the character we were following. So uh, it'll be out in 2022 for consoles and PC. So be on the lookout for it. Oh, um, mm-hmm. I have to make a correction from you asked me during the stream. What was this? What's the desert planet from Star Wars? And I think I said something, but I, I think what what you were thinking of was, or what you were, the answer you were looking for was Tatooine. Oh, Tatooine. Okay. What did I you say I, on stream? Was it Naboo? No, I think it was Jakku. Ah, uh, Jakku. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because I had no idea, <laughs> but it did give me some vibes of that. It gave me some Tatooine vibes. So, um. I'm timidly interested in Arc Raiders. I still don't know what type of game it is. I don't want to get Babylon's Falled with this game where I'm like, oh, it looks great. And then it's a game's of service. So we'll wait and see what it is. But excuse me, it does look interesting at the very least. Then we got a small clip from The Matrix Resurrections, a clip that I'm going to try and forget because I want to see that entire movie. And I want to know as little as possible. I got to rewatch those original three movies also so I get more context. Then they announced The Matrix Awakens, which is a Unreal Engine 5 tech demo that is now available for free on your Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5 consoles. Um, I haven't touched it yet. I'm planning on making a video for it. Instead of making a video for that, I stayed up late last night and made a video on Nerf Legends, which you guys will be seeing soon, (laughs) Uh, just so I can finally return that game to Amazon. Um, But yeah, that looked really cool, and I'm very excited for Matrix. And after that... We finally got the big grand finale game of the year. Oh my God. Literally the page refreshed and it went to the top. <laughs> God damn it. All right. Game of the year. Uh, the orchestra of course did a little musical melody from all of the game of the year nominees. Uh, and what one game of the year in a surprise upset, Neil Druckmann came out. Of course, the winner of last year's game of the year, the last was part two and announced that it takes two is taking home the big award. Did and not expect that. We were all, we were all like, oh, he's going to say something. He's going to say something about take two. Yep. But he didn't. He chose the high road. Oh, yeah. Also, I don't know if it's him forgetting or maybe, oh, I'm flabbergasted and all the nerves of being on camera and or not being on camera, but like you won the award and all the emotions are racing. Also, they were cutting people off for their acceptance speeches pretty quickly. It felt like people had like 30 seconds to talk up there. And it led to a lot of awkward situations of, all right, two people came on stage. Only one person's going to talk. The other guy isn't going to say anything. And people just feeling like they're getting rushed. And it felt very, very weird. Um, but hey, it takes two. One, he did have a little funny moment where he was like, oh, a couple years ago, I was up here saying, fuck the Oscars. Now look at me. I got a game award. And it's like, oh, well, good for you, buddy. Good for you. So yeah, uh, interesting. Now it makes me think I have to play it takes two, but I really don't. I wanted to save that for when I have a special someone to play with, but now people are like, ah, oh, it's 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 awards bait, and I just don't know if I want all that <laughs> right now. I got too much else to play, you know? But hey, that's pretty much the entire awards show. Um, nothing else really happened after that, uh, and that's the whole thing. So Game Awards, yeah, we've been talking for like three hours. <laughs> but um, I, I would say overall, it was a pretty good award show. Actually, no, let me say it like this. It was a pretty good press conference of new trailers. <laughs> As an award show, it was pretty disappointing. Because um, I don't know if you noticed, oh, most, they, they mm-hmm. re- the, most of the, dedica- most of, like, the dedications 
like went out to uh to, like or you could, you you got a feeling that most like what they cared about with people like what was cared about the most were the game reveals rather than the game winners. Yes, one hundred percent. Um, and I understand that that's kind of on the audience's fault because Je- Jeff will put out polls on Twitter and be like. So what part of the game awards do you care about more? The awards or the reveals and 80% will be reveals. So I get it. But if you're going to continue to call this the game awards, this, this year felt more like, okay, we're just putting focus on just the reveals and everything more than the awards. Like it's always felt like there was a little bit more of a focus on the reveals, but this year it felt super obvious to the point where how many, how many awards did they actually do? Like, someone comes out and announces it and then they come up and you know take the trophy and give a speech it feels like they did that for less than 10 awards which feels crazy and they did like big segments where they'll just like rattle off six rapid fire awards out of nowhere it just felt it it just felt like if we're supposed to be celebrating the people who make the games let's actually celebrate the people who make the games it it just didn't feel like they were doing that this year uh so that part was a little bit disappointing now the reveals themselves I'm super excited about. Of course, Space Marine, I'm excited about. Saints Row trailer was great. Uh, Arc Raiders looks cool. There's a bunch of games that we've talked about here that look cool and that I'm excited for. But as an award show, I am a bit disappointed in this one. Um, and this has led me to believe, like, yo, when Dice, I've always kind of looked at Dice as the more legitimate award show anyway when it comes to games. But I really hope Dice kind of gets more of a big following and gets a bigger budget and everything because I really feel like it needs to stand as the major award show for games instead of the Game Awards because the Game Awards is just kind of dropping the ball when it comes to being an award show, which I don't really fault to the Game Awards because the audience is saying we want reveals, but we we just need something else for the awards if that's the case. That's all. So yeah, how'd you feel about the the award show overall as we wrap up? I went in hoping we'd get something like or something related to Telltale. We did. Not what I expected, but I'm I'm excited for Star Trek. I'm excited for the Expanse. Uh I'm excited for uh mm-hmm. Space Space Marine, Saint Row. Yeah. I'm actually more excited than I thought I was for uh or than I expected to be for Homeworld three. Yeah. That was a very interesting trailer they put up. I think it probably turned a lot of heads hmm. so yeah there's a lot to be excited about that we learned at the game awards sorry i'm i've been talking so long i'm just like eating chips because now i'm hungry um but yeah there's a lot to be excited about from this award show but as an award show not the greatest thing but at that point at this point that's kind of a cold take um so i'm not gonna dwell on it too much because we have officially been recording for three hours and 14 minutes good god and there's commotion going on downstairs. So let's go ahead and get to the end of this thing. Um, and thankfully, our housekeeping segment is pretty short this week because it is the end of the year. Um, after this episode, now this was a really long episode. I don't know if I'm comfortable just uploading a three-hour podcast. That doesn't feel like a sane thing to do. So I might split it up. I might have our What We're Playing segment come out this week and then have our Game Awards thoughts next week or vice versa. I think I'll probably switch it around. but. You know, look out for that. Um, if you're looking for new podcasts, the coming probably two weeks, we're probably not going to do another Players Club until we come back for January and our Game of the Year stuff. But you will be seeing new content from us. Uh, I got some YouTube videos that I'm going to be putting up over this break. Uh, and then, of course, you got our Let's Plays that always come out th- 
throughout the days. So stay stay on top of that stuff. And that's pretty much all I got there uh, for specific housekeeping things. We have Star Wars Eclipse Angry Thoughts, uh, which is the rage quit that Al, I'm pretty sure, is behind over on the site. Is that right? Yeah, you can tell because uh, the thumbnail was Star Wars Eclipse logo. Then a giant, the background was no thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. So, yeah, if you want to get a little bit more of our thought or at least Al's thoughts on uh, Star Wars Eclipse and uh, go ahead and read that. I have that linked in the description below. Um, Star Wars The Clone Wars Republic Heroes has another episode. Episode 19, readying up on Ad Adzok? Alzok 3. Okay, okay. So, yeah, I, I was close. Um, so, yeah, go ahead and check that out. That link is in the description as well. Uh, Tell Me Why Chapter 2 Part 1, Family Secrets, is also up on our YouTube channel as well. So, give that a look. Uh, this is the uh, documentary documentary wow documentary from no clip that we were talking about earlier telltale the human stories behind the games you can go ahead and check that out there if you want a little bit more context on that whole how telltale games fell apart earlier a couple years ago uh and then also let's see is there anything else i'm doing oh one thing i said i would elaborate on towards the end of the podcast <laughs> there is a stream i'm planning on doing so I'm off of work this entire week, and I do have a couple things I'm going to be doing. I got some friends coming over tomorrow night, you know, blah, 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 blah. Wednesday, between Wednesday and Friday, I'm not doing anything. Friday, I'm going to see Spider-Man, uh, the new Spider-Man movie, which I'm very excited about. But between Wednesday and that time on Friday night, I'm not doing anything. So what I want to do is a stream on Thursday where I will be talking about a certain number of old games that I really like because I've been trying to talk about these games that I really like for going on two years now and I'd like to end that saga so instead of it being a edited video I think I might just do it as a live stream because I am tired <laughs> and I would like to be able to move on to other projects without this one looming over my head so I'm getting my booster shot my COVID booster on Wednesday afternoon so if I have the energy come Thursday I will be doing the stream so big caveat there. I think 36 hours after the shot, I'll be okay. But we're going to see if I'm going to do that stream on Thursday, and then I will talk about those games. If you aren't picking up the hints, I'm going to talk about 100 games. <laughs> you, you understand what I'm saying, Al? Yeah. Yeah, hopefully you're pick, people are picking up what I'm putting down. So that's what I'm planning on doing. Um, because I'm saying that here, I'm probably going to put, if I do split this podcast up, I'm going to put this version, this announcement out in that first version. So, uh, be on the lookout for that. That will be coming out this Thursday. Uh, this podcast is going to go live Wednesday. So you probably have a day of a heads up to look out for it. So yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say on that. And then you're going to get some other videos and stuff from us. Like I said, over the break and look out for our game of the year content starting in January. And that my friends is everything. <laughs> It, it better damn well be enough because good God, we've been talking way too long. Um, and so with that, we're going to go hop up out of here. We're going to take our little breaky poo until we get to January and uh, we will talk to you in the new year. So all of you, hopefully you have a great holiday season. Hopefully you have a great uh, New Year's Day. And uh, let's let's take 2022 by the horns. Let's uh, let's all do good, do great, be compassionate and I don't know, kill shit. I guess. I don't know. Why do I sound like a bad motivational speaker? We're going to hop up out of here. Al, thank you for hopping on here today with me. No problem. 
All right. Uh, excellent. And uh, we'll be sure to do this again with at least two more people in January. Uh, and without further ado, that has been the end of episode 79 of the Players Club podcast. It is 79. I'm not fucking it up this time. Uh, so thank you all for listening. Thank you all for supporting. Uh, and we'll see you here again in the new year. And as I always say, keep it real, keep it real, and play on player. Peace out, y'all.